Positive Garage Emma, episode 137. On tonight's episode, you listen to the stupid human go from one topic to another for hours and hours on end. Well, some co-host we've never heard of doesn't keep them on track. Oh, watch it. I'm not certain what the fat man he's playing at. But if he thinks he's going to let his idiot friends come on and do impressions of me introducing episode 137, they best have a little more respect than that for both me and the guests. And someone tell the fat manling, at least if he's going to have someone call in, have him learn the lines. Stupid human. Hoops. Stupid human. What is, what is that? What is that? Oh, just for pathetic, pathetic, shut it, I'm listening to me show. Welcome to the Garage, you tools. For the next few hours, I'll do my best, the best I can, to share with you my love of tabletop wargaming and probably some of my various other fandoms. Bringing you Fire Duarden, Magma Droths, and some AOS newbies. I'm Dave Whitek. And returning to the show tonight, after several years away from the mic, are my good friends, Luke and Taz Fritz. Luke and Taz, thanks for coming back. Hi, Thank everybody. You for having us again. So, um, like, I know you've been on between, I know you've been on since, but the last time you guys were on, like, together was, I think, episode 20 in Chris Yu's basement. I think you might be right. It's been a yeah. really long. Yeah, I remember recording it was, that actually. You, you played ogres against tomb kings uh, against Harrison, I think. Yes, uh, yes, I remember. Yeah, because Harrison and I were on talking about it. I think. Yeah. yeah. So then I'd have been playing dark elves. You were. You were. Yes. Yes, because that's the only fantasy army you've ever played. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Although tonight we're going to be talking about because you you got a little taste of the wood elves. Right. I, and now I have to decide, I'm trying to decide what I want to play, even. I think you should play Wood Elves. I think you should play Wood Elves, and I know someone who has a lot of them. They <laughs> good deal. So, <laughs> But, uh, okay, that, that aside, um, before we get rolling, we should probably take a minute to thank our sponsors. So would you mind giving me a hand here? Quarters. Sure. The sponsors of Garage Hammer are Unique Gifts and Games. In Gray's Lake, Illinois. Mirsa Miniatures. That's M-I-E-R-C-E hyphen miniatures.com. Mantic Games. Building Bigger Armies. The TC War Room in Traverse City, Michigan. You ain't wrong. And Battle Foam, protecting your... You want to take it? Army. <laughs> there you, you sound more like a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> So there we go. <laughs> I've been playing too much rum and bones. Taz was telling me while you were upstairs before you came down here. She's like, every time she hears it now, she hears it. She, every time she hears the word army, she hears it in my voice. Yep, she does. And you know what? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Leave your mark, Dave. Leave your you mark. You know what? It's it's a stupid mark, but I've made it. Yeah. It makes somebody smile. You know what? When I hear when when people talk, when I hear people say the words Castork Superstore, and I hear other people who start just go Castork Superstore, Castork Superstore, Castork Superstore, I'm like, I, I started that. You started that, that, yeah. And it's dumb. Like I hear Chris Tomlin from the Black Sun do it, and I'm like, that that stupidity has crossed the ocean, <laughs> and that's awesome. Well, this you are international with this podcast. Well, pff, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
<laughs> I suppose any anybody could listen to it. Yep. Not that they should, but <laughs> so all right. So let's uh, let's chug it along here, and um, you know we do have voicemail. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, our voicemail line, for those of you who don't know, is 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. International callers, uh, most countries, 00-1757-GH-SHOW-6. Hey, Dave. My name's Luke. I've uh, been listening to the show for a few months now. A uh, couple of months after Age of Sigmar dropped, a friend told me about the show. They don't even play, but they listen to you and another podcast called Drunks and Dragons. Check it out. It's really funny. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to say that uh, I really appreciate what you do. Um, really, really love the show. Uh, I, I Once Age of Sigmar came out, I was just getting back into 40K after having stopped playing in 3rd edition. Uh, and then Age of Sigmar came out, and I was like, oh, my God, I can finally get into fantasy. The price barrier is, like, gone. And, you know, I tried it out, split a starter set with a friend, loved it, but all of the podcasts that I listened to were either 40K-related or all they were doing was talking about how fantasy's dead, Games Workshop took away our game, Blah. And when I found out about you, I was so thrilled to have a podcast that... Uh, actually spent time talking about the game and the fluff and the tactics and all that. So thank you so much for that. Um, also, thank you so much for directing me towards things like the Imperial Truth and After Olinor, because I also hopefully one day will get into 30K, so uh, Imperial Truth is fantastic for that. And After Olinor is great because... There's so many Horus Heresy books, and I, I, I really didn't want to have to read those all one by one. So that was that was an extra special treat. Um, but yeah, love what you do. Keep going strong. Uh, and by all means, please talk more about things like other games like Infinity or whatever if you ever feel the need, because I love hearing about those other games. I would love to try them out. Um, and I trust your opinion on stuff, you know, like your Seraphon review. I'm not touching that book. Maybe I'll read a friend's if one of that they get one of them gets it. But I'm not shelling out for that with the disappointment that seemed to be. But yeah. Thanks for the awesome show and sorry this is kinda long and rambly. No I'm not drunk. Uh and in case I didn't say it already, my name's Luke. Um uh, keep going strong, Dave. It's awesome. I trust your opinion on other games. Why? (laughs) (laughs) But um, actually, I'm I'm going to address a couple of things that he mentioned in his voicemail in just a minute or two. We did get a couple of really nice emails. Emails have started coming in fast and furious, and I just want to mention a couple of them. Um, We got one from... uh, a guy, Thomas Damgard Peterson, uh, likes the podcast, his one-hour drive to work, uh, listening to it fills up the trip. Um, he he really liked the year in review. In his gaming community, everybody kind of seems to hate AOS. He's got, he feels like a Viking with no brotherhood. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he felt like sort of quitting fantasy because no one else is interested uh, and he kind of agreed that it was just sort of the way it was handled, the out, the, mm-hmm. the putting it out, because he really loves playing it. And if he could just get people to try it out, he knows that they'll enjoy it. I'm the same way. Uh, let's see. What else does he say? Uh, he's been hooked from the start. He likes it. You don't have to buy a ton of models. Uh, he's got a couple of questions real quick. Uh, he wants to know what happens to the free peoples. 
uh, or what I, what my expectations are. The Bretonians and Empire all have the free people keywords, and he's wondering what I think what my expectations are. I'm not certain. Um, I know a lot of people are complaining, saying they've been ignored. I don't think they've been ignored. They're obviously there. Sigmar's pulling from them to make yeah. Stormcast. Yeah. So they're there. My, I think what they're going to end up doing is. Um, I think Brett's and Empire are going to become well. One, I mean, one book. I well, I doubt there'll be one book since the dwarfs are obviously getting two books. I think you're going to get all sorts of factions. So I, the the Bretts may still get their own book. Yeah, um, I think it's, but they'll still be all under that, all under the free people. Yeah, as as I think, you know, um, you know, all the keywords, the keywords are there. I think for the for the synergies. That's what they're there for. You know, they're there for the synergies. So. Eventually, you're going to have stuff as the newer books, Bretonians, Empire, if they're even going to call it Empire anymore or they yeah. may call it something else. You're going to get stuff that comes in that says that affects free peoples. Right. And so that's, I think they're just prepping, GW's prepping for that, throwing it on there already, saying mm-hmm. your Bretts, your Empire, those are free peoples. Yeah. Your, your Chaos, your Warriors of Chaos are now Slaves of Darkness. Right. Your corn are now corn yeah you know it's I and think, i think yeah i think they're all they already know where they're going to go and i think they are kind yeah. of all going together because they did call them that because when the wood elf stuff came out they did they they called them wanderers yep. and the tree stuff sylvaneth, sylvaneth. right there's, there, there's a plan yeah yeah definitely yeah, definitely which i didn't realize till we started playing with it and i <laughs> apologize but <laughs> I, I still had fun it's fine that's all right i learned stuff <laughs> we all actually we all learned we did. stuff yeah, on yeah, that yeah. One. we did <laughs> Yep. Uh, what else? Are the Beastmen dead? From my point of view, the Beastmen have always been neglected a bit. They've always been the underdogs. But now I look at their war scrolls and synergies. They're not bad at all. They can make an interesting army to play. I don't think they're dead. Oh, I, think God, the, no. I think in the fluff, they're just whenever you need some generic they're, bad guy to throw out, just throw Beastmen out by the score. But there's so many of them. There are, I think they're the lapdogs of chaos. There's, they're kind of the ones you pay to die first. That's how I. That's how I feel about them. Yeah, they're just yeah, and there's tons of them, and they're all. If they've been in all the stories, there's just tons of. Oh yeah, I was actually looking at War Scrolls the other night, and I was like, "Wow, a Doom Bull army would be phenomenal." You could totally. Doom Bulls are amazing. (laughs) So just an entire army of just Doom Bulls would be very, very, very cool, and Minotaurs I think would be kind of fun. Uh, finally, last but not least, uh, asked for help. He's had a hard time making his friends like AOS and try it out with them. If I was to give it a go, how would I pitch the idea? Like, how do you pitch AOS to your friends? What are the pros of the game? Uh, that's, you know, that's a, that's a rough question because if you've got people who are already negative to it, it's kind of hard to pitch. Honestly, you, you got to pitch it by through the scenarios. Yeah. And through, oh, yeah. and through the other things. It's not... It's you, you. It's uh, you know. Straight up battle line is gone. You've got to have a lot of terrain and a lot of that type of thing. Um, and I always try to, like I said, I've got the independent pool choice document yep. with me like all the time. I I would say you know what, find yourself a comp that you enjoy. Go through, look, find one, and then use that to pitch it to them instead of just saying, "Here, let's play this game. Throw a bunch of models on the table." Because while that's cool and to an extent. That works. Where just throw any th- old thing on the table. People are uh, need structure. I think that there's a structure that people crave when you're playing a game. Yep. You know that's why there are rules and instructions that come in games. That if it's not there, then it's just kind of like okay, it, it just doesn't feel well thought out. So that would be my suggestion: is find a comp that works 
that you like and then use that to talk to your friends about and go, here, look, you know, we can play these scenarios. It's specific. And then say, let's try a campaign. Let's string all these together and create a story out of it, which I think Age of Sigmar is very good at. Well, especially right. with the scenarios. I mean, you, like you said, you know, putting stuff on the table and just marching across and, and killing each other doesn't work anymore. And I, I think with the way the, the, the new game you know that Age of Sigmar plays now. I that is not going to happen. Right. But looking at the way the game functions and the way everything plays, it it is a, a simpler version of what we had before. But now you have the additional complications of okay, you've got this primary objective and these multiple secondary objectives, and that changes how you play and what you do with when you play. And that's I mean, and that's just one. That's just that. That clash comp that That's we played. Right. Yeah. Now, if you go through the other books, they've got scenarios that don't have as many secondary scenarios. They might only have one or two scenarios mm-hmm. that give you a major or minor victory depending on how the scenario is out. You can play those too. I would say if you've got someone who's negative about the game, I'd say there's two big things you could push. Uh, I know Alex Gonzalez says there's no longer any bad units because now that they're not point, co- they're not That's costed true. by points. Yeah. Everything plays like you would expect it to play. Mm-hmm. Everything's got cool rules, and everything plays sort of like you'd expect it to play. And yep. since it's not like, well, is it worth it for the points? You can kind of take and make an army that's cool. It goes by the synergies. And still win with it. Yeah, and so you can sort of set it up like that. I think that's something that you could really promote. And once again, um, a lot of these things where there's these there, – it's the scenarios. If they've looked at the four pages of rules and they say how much the four pages of rules suck, and this <laughs> is something that I pointed out. Uh, I forget who I was talking to. It might have been Rotor. It's probably Rotor because I <laughs> talked to him pretty much more than I talked to anybody. But um, – I was telling him because he doesn't have a lot of the books with the yeah. with the scenario. I go every single scenario that I think I think every scenario. Now there may be an exception, but I'm pretty certain every single scenario that I have read in every single one of these books tells you to ignore the victory conditions in the four page rule book. Yep. Because they all because the four page that's like the introduction. If you just want to throw models on the table, table and play, that's what you play to learn the, the rules. rules. Yeah. That's like the how to learn the rules thing. That's not how to actually, that's not how any, that's, every other thing they put out says don't play that way. Yep. Which is part of the problem I had with the release yeah. is that they didn't give you any scenarios with that to say, okay, now that you have the mechanics down, yeah. try this or that scenario. Um, so I would tell people, if you hate the four-page rules, nobody actually plays it that way. And that's not just house-ruling it. That's yeah. even Games Workshop. Every scenario they've put out says, don't use that. Victory conditions. Victory conditions, because yep. we've set you up a separate set here for every single scenario we've given you in every single book we've put out. There are dozens out already. Mm-hmm. And that turns it, as I said before, it turns it very narrative. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it, that, we're getting a little off topic here. But Sorry. <laughs> but that was uh, that's how I would promote it, you know, and that's what I would push is that you can, you know, it's, if, if they if they if they're hating on it, yeah, you know, the, uh, the, go with the scenarios, go with the synergies, go with the fun of of building the list, try try to take the pool choices and stuff like that, and I would focus on the idea that, dude. The scenarios actually completely walk away from half of what's on that four-page yeah. rule set. Um, just give it a try. The more I play it, the more fun I have. And especially with our game, which you're going to find out later, the fact that, that when, when that one unit finally was out of that combat, because when things got pulled, they were far enough out, and it was like, well, now they can completely disengage, and they can run over here, and they can start actually blocking, and you had 
retreat, actually finally retreating from combats and right. doing things. Like this is so much fun. Yeah. It's so different from anything we've oh, been yeah. playing. Absolutely. Strategic withdrawals. I mean, that's something well, that was always missing from fantasy. And being able to pull away if you had yeah. to. And not just that we can do it, but that we were doing it and that we were abusing it as a, as a tactic and a strategy. So it's like playing in a way different than we had been. Yeah. So you can, there's uh, it, it's very new. You just got to tell them, listen, just forget what you know. Try it. It's, yep. it's different. Try it. So, all right. Let's try to keep moving along here because we're running long. Um, okay. Uh, another letter from a guy named Dave. Uh, he's been in the hobby since 92. They were playing 4th edition, High Elves and Greenskins. Uh, they pretty much played that. They branched out after 8th edition and started listening to podcasts, joined a gaming group. And he wanted us to know, and this is one of the things, uh, and this I'm bringing up this letter for a specific reason. He lives in the Midlands, UK, and the AOS in his area is thriving. His local club, I, and I hope I pronounced this correctly, the the Cheltenham War Chiefs have fully embraced the new edition. Four of their members wrote their own comp very early, and they're running a league using it. They have six to seven games of AOS being played every week. Nice. And it's currently more popular than the 8th edition was in their group. Some members were reluctant to embrace it early on, but their enthusiasm has brought them around too. And now they're about to host their first AOS tournament, a one-day or using the South Coast GT pack. In conclusion, as an AOS player, I'm lucky to have a club that has really bought into their new game. They're loving it. Uh, P.S. Keep up the great content, Dave, and co-hosts of all their AOS podcast subscription. Oh, mine is the one he looks forward to the most. Excellent. Um, so thank you, Dave. And I bring that one up because, hey, guys, seriously, I've gotten some t- texts and tweets from people. If you have, if your gaming group in a certain area is really doing well, I'd love to know about it. If you're, uh, if you were a new gaming group, if you came here from a different game if you came from 40k or if you came this through after Olinor or one of those other shows and you've got a new gaming group together and you're, you guys are starting to play i got a someone said that uh, i got a message from someone said they're from east dundee and they've been playing um from his gaming group over in east dundee and they're they're starting which is about like about an hour from here and they're starting to play a bunch uh you know that's that's awesome i'd love to know about it i would love to tell people about it um so uh you know I, I just think it's great to hear all these groups popping up and people really embracing it it's and just to play. Yeah. well and i mean commu- it's it's community we want gaming community exactly so we want to hear about your community and how it's growing um just to let other people out there know too because i think a lot of us feel like islands out here alone, and now as more people are coming into it, I mean, heck, after the last episode, when I said I was above all myself, Chris Walker's like, hey, I'll play. Let me know yeah. when you guys are playing. I'm like, awesome. Now, one last thing, and I know this is a really long intro segment, so shut up. I don't care. It's my show. <laughs> um, uh, he br- uh, the, the first the voicemail brought up, you know, talking about other bringing on, and other people asked, when are you going to do other things? So I just want to get people sort of caught up on where the show is and where it's going. And what's going on. And so allow me to uh, sort of digress from gaming stuff for a little bit here. Because um, like when, when Christopher and I started the show, and we started doing this, and we're doing it because we have fun. I love doing this, you know. And uh, it, it sort of became a labor of love. We really loved it. I love doing it. Uh, Christopher sort of kind of fell out of war gaming in general. He stopped yeah. pretty much war gaming altogether. And he's done that. He's always gone in cycles. Uh, his mm-hmm. job just 
took him. I was going to say that has to do with work. Yeah, for him, for it, sure. it's a big thing about him. Uh, his work t- kind of took him away from it. Unfortunately, hopefully yeah. he comes back. You know, and then Chris came on, and he wasn't even certain he would be a good fit. You know, it was funny. He didn't think he would be a good fit, and I kind of talked him into staying. And the show got really better from there, and things were going well. Um, and then a little look behind the curtain, dude. Chris was talking. I mean, Chris always said after the first six or seven months. It was a big commitment for him, and he always told me, I, I will give you way advance notice if I'm going to leave, but Chris always never felt he was going to be here. Like, he did, he was surprised he was here for three years. Yeah. Like, he was shocked that he was here this he long. He was here for three years? That does... That, yeah. That, wow. And, and, and then, by the way, he his wife had another baby. Right. I yeah. mean, try having a newborn and, and, do <laughs> and do this. And he was doing it, and then, like, we started recording from his house, so he didn't have to come out as often. Um he basically told me when Kane came out, he's like, you start looking for a, a you know. Yeah. A, so I knew he was going to go at that point. Um, and I'm like, that's cool. I'm going to keep it going, you know, because I was having fun. Um, but also, I mean, for me, I love doing it. But where I was at at the time, too, is, you know, um, you know, I've got three kids and I've got a lot of responsibilities at home. I, you know, I my wife works a lot of hours. She's the one who makes money so that I could be a, a teacher at a, at a crappy paying teaching job, you know? <laughs> so I'm also the guy who takes the kids to all their activities. Yeah. Four nights a week, I take them out. To, I'm not home till eight or nine o'clock. Yeah. Um, but that's neither here nor there. My kind of point is, um, but what else is going on is that for those of you who've never met me, and I know we always joke around about me being fat, but I am really, I'm morbidly obese. And I say that I'm about five ten and a half, and I was up to about three hundred and seventy pounds. Okay, um, and I was having a lot of trouble. Like I was in and out of the doctor's office like every couple of weeks. Like I was in and out of the hospital getting checked up for stuff, and um, like they thought I like I, I have heart problems basically, um, which is you know was not good. And then all the stress compounding with all this other stuff was getting bad. Like they literally thought I had a heart attack. They put me in the hospital, and it turned out I didn't. And Tez, Tez is looking at me funny because she didn't. This is the first year hearing about this. But when I made that announcement on the show, when Chris was leaving, and I said, look, I'm cutting out the Garage Gamers. I'm cutting out the extra stuff. You may have noticed the show is not as tightly edited as it was anymore because right now, as long as there's no F-bombs or we're not going way off topic, I just edit out into the commercials. And that's what we're doing because I love doing the show and I love spending time with the listeners and doing stuff. Um, but I just, I got, I mean... You know, I, I have only so much time in the day to do this. Uh, after Eleanor has taken the biggest hit because they gave me two makeup literature classes, and I literally have, um, I'm reading four books right now. I have to read a book from my one ninth grade lit class. I'm reading a book from my tenth grade lit class, keeping ahead of them. Uh, I'm reading the books that come out for <laughs> Age of Sigmar, and I'm trying to read after Eleanor. It's just, it's a, it's kind of, it's a madhouse right now. And the stress levels got pretty high, and so that's why I cut out a lot of the garage gamers and the extra stuff. So if people think that I'm, uh, you know, that I'm not doing this other stuff because I don't care about the other games or because of this or that or that, I have to focus. But I mean, that's just so people know that's where we're at. Because I always joke around. I was joking around the road and saying, you know, I was getting some hate mail when we stayed with AOS, and you know, people were upset about this, that, and the other, and oh, you don't, you know, you know. I got people complaining because Games Workshop sent us free stuff and this, that, and the other. And so a long, this is a long lead into this is why, guys, that I'm not doing a lot of extra. And I just want people to know it because, you know, I joked around the other day, the other episode and said, uh, you know, 
you know, people are asking, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm, and I'm not doing extras, and if you don't like it, you know, too bad. I'm, I'm not, you know, if you, you, you want to get mad at me, just I don't want to hear it. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I guess that upset a couple of people because I got this. And so I just go ahead and shut down. I'm just going to read this one thing, and I want to read this because just so you guys kind of know where I'm coming from, why I'm bringing this up, because I just felt this was worth, I don't know, I just – Bunch and okay, I'm just gonna read this and get it over with. Uh, someone named Roger Waters. I don't know him. I don't know if any of you guys know him. Uh, I don't think he's the ex-bass player from Pink Floyd, but he wrote this to me, and so I just felt, you know, hey, I'm just gonna let everyone know exactly where I'm at, so I don't, so I don't have to probably deal with this anymore. So, Dave. I don't usually write to podcasts, but I've listened for a long time, and after this Seraphon nonsense from UNGW, I needed to tell you some things. First, a little background is in order, since I've listened a long time and I've watched your show grow and change. I've been listening since around episode 12 and always liked that Chris and you were not tournament-focused but still wanted to win and get better at the game. You were garage gamers but wanted to be the best players you could be without being that guy. I admit I was a Christopher guy since he was the tactically astute one while you were the self-proclaimed color commentator and fluffy guy. So when Chris left, I really didn't think the show was going to continue to be any good. I was sad he left, but it was obvious for a while he wasn't enjoying the game tactically in eighth, and it was just as obvious that you didn't really care about that. When you announced that Chris you was your new co-host, I was hopeful. He was eventually a good fit once he found his footing and reined you in. In the end, he might have even been a better fit since he got to go to more tournaments and got you to go to more tournaments. And even though I don't care for tournament coverage, it seemed to make you try harder to be a better player. Even in your basement games, he made you play harder and better. And everyone knows Chris Hugh is a great hobbyist, which old Chris always said he hated doing, so you had to work at improving there too. It seems like your new co-host was better than you at everything, so you had to get better at every part of the hobby or look like a chump. This is actually when the show was at its best. Then the end times happened. Around then, you stopped painting for tournaments, which seems to mean you stopped painting almost completely. You spent so much time reading end times books and reviewing them and putting on little audio plays with your students that you didn't even notice how bad the game had become until that Adepticon episode. Even then, you were just calling for more comp, which made me laugh. The Midwest no comp champion calling for end times comp rather than admit that it had just gotten stupid. Then Chris Yu leaves to play Infinity, and you just let him. With this mess that is AOS, you stick with GW instead of sticking with your friends and switching over to a game that you admit you like. And now here you are, which kind of brings me to my point. I listened to the Seraphon review, and you weren't even done yet, and I think I was done with you and your show. I'm sorry, but you can't carry this show. The whole no regular co-host thing is just not working. And really, enough with the people named Chris thing. Stupidest criteria ever. I know it's probably easy for you to just line up people you know who want to talk about certain topics. Get hobby friends for hobby episodes and chaos friends for chaos episodes, and this way you don't have to find someone to commit to this AOS garbage. Plus, you know other popular podcasters, so you can get some special guests that will get listeners just because of who they are. But your show has lost its touch. 
You can't just be the guy and have guests because you have no one to rein you in. You have no dynamic that made the show special and today made it obvious. Rotor is the best host you've ever had outside Chris and Chris you, and he sounds like he's only there because he owes you a favor or something. He obviously hates this book, but you keep going on and on like a good GW boy looking for the bright spots and twisting his arm to help you do it. And that's a big problem. It's only a few months without Chris Yu, and you are already going back to the well for the same co-hosts. Why? What's wrong? Can't get anyone else? Can't get anyone else who's a good co-host and still bothers with AOS? Why not? Maybe because everyone outside of England knows this game is terrible? That's what pushed me to write. You tell Rotor you're getting emails from listeners asking you to cover other games like you used to, and your response is no, no more Garage Gamers. First, you told us Garage Gamer was going away because you didn't have time for extra episodes, but that you'd rather put other things you liked in the regular episodes. Suddenly, that's all lies. It's going to be all AOS all the time, no matter how bad it is and how many people leave. I kept listening, even though I don't like AOS, because I liked you and was waiting for the occasional coverage of other games. I don't know if I want to listen to you go on and on about AOS as you try to convince us and yourself that it's good. Dave, this is a horrible move on your part. You've gone beyond GW fanboy. You've become a GW clone. You stopped listening to fans. You don't care that they're contacting you and asking for other stuff. You're going to put out what you want and put you're going to put out what you want to put out and if we don't like it, we can leave, right? Well, I think I might be leaving and I don't think I'm the only one. The tourney scene is just about dead. Your gaming group is dead and moved on to other games. Even your friends sound like they're on your show because you made them. I just can't believe you actually have a passion for this game. You can't. Even your fluff coverage doesn't have the little audio plays anymore. Why not? Nothing worth doing? Isn't that what you said to Rotor at the end of the episode? Whatever it is you hope to prove by sticking with AOS, you failed. You should move on to one of the other games you always talk about being your other games. Most of them, like Kings of War and Malifaux, have growing communities and a company that cares and listens to feedback and is growing. Follow them and be like them instead of being like GW. Then find a co-host. You need one to keep you balanced. And when you find them, you can bring back what you had with Warhammer to your new game. Lots of us will come back just because it's you and we liked you before. And, and we liked you before. Heel and Hammer already have the top spot as GW's lapdogs, so you shouldn't try to compete for it. If you insist on being GW's boy here in America, just do yourself a favor and save us all the embarrassment that your show has become. Call it a day while you still have an audience who likes you for who you were. I hope you take this to heart and refocus your show to something worth your time. You could be a useful member of the community again if you just wake up and get out from under GW's thumb. Roger Waters. Thank you for your letter, Roger. I'm sorry you no longer enjoy the show. Uh, you will be missed as a listener. Chaos Orc Superstore. That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore. Your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, 
Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Org Superstore, what you see is what you get. Chaos Org Superstore. And we're back. We are back, back, back. Back, back, back. Okay, so the first thing was like 40 minutes, and it's usually like 18, so I apologize. But we'll keep the next couple of segments a little shorter. Uh, not talk, to save on time, but I talk just... talk a lot. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of... We got a lot of... Uh, a lot of cool, you know, people sending us stuff. Hey, I'm listening. Hey, we got a new group going. Hey, we That's got this. Awesome. We got that. And the voicemails and stuff. And I'm loving it. I'm loving hearing people saying, "Hey, we got new groups starting up yeah. out here." I think it's awesome. So I'm I'm new super blood. excited. That's- yeah. What AOS has done for the community is new blood, and I think that's great. And I've gotten letters from people who are like, you know, I don't really play AOS, but I'm enjoying at least your coverage and talking about yeah. the fluff and stuff like that. So I think that there's stuff, there's still people on the fence who are listening, and there are new players who are who are starting to, to, to find the show. That's By great. the way, if you are a new player and you're finding the show, get your other player friends to start listening because <laughs> the more I like, the Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like them listeners. All right. News and rumors. The news is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Says the dwarf player. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I wasn't certain about these. uh, I wasn't certain about the sculpts on some of these guys, but I got the models in hand, and they're pretty cool. Yeah, they are. Um, You know, some of them, some of the poses. You know, they seem to just be standing there with the arms out, holding the axes over their heads and stuff like that. Um, It's weird. I'm getting used to the dynamic poses. Like I like, to, I want to see them swinging the axes and not just yeah. holding them over their head. But I'm also don't want to see. Like I'm glad they're not all jumping off rocks. Yeah. Can, can I be amused? Players that, usually are jumping off rocks. Can, can I be <laughs> amused that they did essentially create an entire army of naked dwarves, though? Well, only partially naked. Which is, I'm glad it's only partially naked. <laughs> uh, me too. But. Uh, well, my wife was like, why, why are they all, uh, seriously? Like, all, I'm like, oh, dude, you should see the old one. I've still right. got yeah. the model where you can see his. his the, uh, the blood, the skull like, pass. The slayer. skull pass right. slayer where you can where see his. You can literally see it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, no, nah, this is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I'm liking what I've gotten so far. Um, so I got the new models that we talked about coming out on the last episode, and yep. they're they're pretty cool. I saw a picture today of someone painting one up, and I think that's what I'm going to try to do. Uh, the dark skin. Oh, really? Dark with, skin? And instead of having the orange beards, like the Slayer beards, it's the it, like fire with the white on the outside going to the red and orange tips, so it's like they're oh, burning from funky. the inside. So yeah. basically, you know, like the lava bases where it's yeah. black on the outside with the burning on the inside? Same thing with the dwarfs. They're doing that with the skin, with the eyes were just white. Oh, so it's like wow. That's interesting, but makes so much sense. Oh, it looked so cool. That makes I'm gonna so give much it, I'm going to give it a try when I get when I finally get around them. I yeah. started painting up my Stormcast, so let's stick first. to that. <laughs> One um, thing the, at a time. The, the yeah. table full of gold stuff in front of us. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but this Magma Droth. Oh, now I, I don't know if I'm ever going to play Doris, but I just might want to buy one because they're so nice. And looking. that's what they're counting on. Yes. Now, 
this magma droth comes with either the auric rune father, the auric rune son, or the auric rune smiter. And the rune smiter are like the old runesmith. Yeah. Now, um, you know, auric, I'm assuming meaning coming from the Latin root, aurum meaning gold. Mm-hmm. Um, what's cool is, now they have this passion for gold and stuff like that. The model comes, now if you pick the rune father or the rune son, they're sitting in the saddle. Yep. So the saddle has the legs sitting that way, and then it comes with two sets of standing legs. Mm-hmm. So if you build the rune father or the rune son sitting in the saddle, you can build the other two standing. So you, for 110, you get three models. The guy sitting on the magma droth and two characters. It's to me, that's an amazing value. That's a pretty an amazing darn great value. deal. Um, the only problem is if you build the rune smiter, mm-hmm. he's standing. On the thing. He's not sitting yeah. in the saddle, so then you can only build one other character. So if you build the Rune Smiter, it's him and one character. Yeah. If you build it with the Rune Father or Rune Son, then you get two. Two. Um, of course, you could always get two Magma Droths. Yep. Um, which would then let you to have the rune father or son mm. and also the smiter on the sitting. Wh- and then which would it- also be ridiculous. <laughs> It'd be awesome. <laughs> I think I need three. I need all three of them sitting <laughs> and then <laughs> the bunch of them standing. But, oh, my God. But I'm, I, no, I'm just going with one because Lord knows it's going to take me forever to get them painted. And I don't, actually, I, I, I'm looking at the ones here now and it's like I don't want to. I don't want to have boxes in the. Cl- I already cl- I cleared out a lot of that closet. Yeah. I don't want to be buying boxes and setting them aside. So I built all the stormcast. I want to paint all my stormcast, and then you. Move and then on. when I get them done, I want to move on. So, but they are seriously for for one hundred and ten dollars. That's really a big good. Dragon and two characters is a pretty decent deal. I think to me that's got to be one of the best values GW has ever put out as a model kit. Right. I mean, because the characters, I mean, right now, characters are running anywhere from like $25 to $40 a character. Yeah. So the big magma, you know, which is basically a a magma dragon. Yeah. Well, that's Droth now. You know, the uh, the Drakoth, Drakothian, which is the dragon, is the Drakoth. Yeah. So the magma Droth is the magma dragon. Dragon, yep. But they got to give it its own name. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. So that's a good deal. The the Battle Tome Fire Slayers is coming out. It says it's got 12. it's got twelve uh, battle uh, or twelve roll, war scrolls. War scrolls. In it. Let's see what else is coming out. Oh, Legends of the Age of Sigmar, uh, Fire Slayers. It's a twenty. It's another uh, the next uh, the next book. But it's not like it's. There's the the last one. They've, they've all been numbered and they've all been in that sort of um, the uh, that series. Yeah. You know, the, I don't know if this is because it's called Legends of the Age of Sigmar. So I don't know if it's. Part of that, I don't know if it's going to be numbered in that series. Hmm. Maybe it's its own standalone. But it says, yeah, various authors. So it's apparently a bunch of short oh, stories on, okay. a bunch of short stories about fire slayers. I also saw they have the Horus Heresy cover art collection. Interesting. 152 pages, 75 pieces of art. So it's a lot of foldouts yep. with probably a page of art and then some writing. It's, it's like beautiful si- art. Game, 65 Games Workshop coffee table book. It's a yeah, black yeah. library. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, the, the cover art for those books is fantastic. So I was kind of looking at that and thinking, I was like, mm. Mm. I was Kathleen's like, is there anything else you need me to order? And I was like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, I'm so excited about this. Like I ordered, I did get a Magma Droth. I'll be picking that up next week and I am getting, or actually by the time this comes out, I'll have it. Yeah. Because we're recording early. Um, I'll have, I'll, I'll have one of every box when this comes out. For the and new the Fire book. Slayers, yeah. okay. And um, we'll be covering, if, if I don't cover that next episode, I'll be covering them very shortly. Because, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I know we never covered the uh, Archeon book. Shut up. It's, <laughs> it's three War Scrolls in I that book. Say, well, there's a lot of fluff, too, but it, it's cool. It's a cool book. It's a cool book. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm uh, yeah, shut up. My dwarves are coming <laughs> up. My dwarves got a book. Shut up. <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. So, um, being coming from myself, who uh, I love converting. It's one of my loves about the game, is being able to piecemeal my own stuff together. When I can buy a kit and put it together and then have leftovers that I can throw at other things, that's awesome. To me, that's one of the best parts exactly. about these model kits is there's so many bits to them. Exactly. No, it's it's great. Um, now, they are on 32s, which I thought was big. Going from a 20 that's mils. That's a little weird From the me. 20 squares to the 32s kind of bothered me because I thought 25s went to 32s. Yeah. Um, Especially being dwarfs. That's my thing is that it's the size of the race. Because, yeah. They should be on smaller bases. Well, it made me nervous because I went out and bought a couple hundred of the 25s to rebase all my VC stuff. Yeah. And if that stuff, when they start re-releasing it, starts coming out on 32s, now I'm either going to have to find those 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 round mm-hmm. 32s to put the 25s in yep. or else just toss. I mean, it was $30 worth of 25 mil bases, which yeah. is, I was like, oh, son of a monkey. Still, yeah, you don't want to. Throw them I'm out. Seriously, and that was just the round bases that I was going to put the the VC stuff, like my skeletons and stuff. Mm-hmm. All of those mantic zombies and stuff I had, because you know how they have the they go into the bases. Yeah, yeah. Right. I ordered four of those. Fi- I ordered two hundred of the mantic bases. Wow. So I spent about fifty bucks on twenty five mil round bases. bases. Yeah. If nobody uses twenty five mil round bases, <laughs> that's like a box of models I could have yeah. bought. And I know it seems kind of silly. I bought four hundred bases. That's no, a that box of models. Seem silly at all. But no, that's a box of models, and I'll be annoyed. I. I Go ahead. No, it's just to say. I mean, it. You know, if you got to, if you've got to rebase, you've got to rebase. It would be really frustrating. That. And I know everybody says, well, they said the bases don't matter, but eventually you're going to go to tournaments and stuff like that, and people are going to want them to be at least. Well, and the, if here's the thing, I want to when GW releases their models, I still am of the belief that once everything is out on round bases, mm. that the base size is going to matter. Like it's going to be like it needs to be the base size it's released well, yep. on. And, yeah. and the other problem is, if you're not ranking anything anymore, the corners of the square bases get in the flipping way. They do. Yeah. <laughs> they do. Exactly. They do. I've been. Um, there's actually a, a a website that somebody came up with that they actually, as soon as Age of Sigmar came out, they put out a PDF that shows every square base model and what the alternate round base size would should be or would be. Well, based on kind of what they did with these, because yeah. the 25, the, the, the old Marauders were on 25s, they went to 32s. They went to 32s, yeah. So you assume the 20s would go to 25s, yep. but now all the Slayer, all the Dwarfs are on 20s, and now they're on 32s. Yeah. So it's like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. So it's like, ugh, ugh, ugh. so now I'm waiting to see what happens with the other dwarves. So I'm not rebasing them yet, but yeah. it doesn't even matter because now I'm just painting. I'm just painting this. The, the, that's another nice thing about painting the Sigmar's, Stormcast. You know they're all in the right because they base. came out. Yeah, they came out. You on know these. where? Yeah. Well, because I still would love to do the dwarf. I still want. I mean, I was working those custom bases for the dwarfs. Yeah. And if I and, and I don't. I, I could get some. Tw- I could find twenty-five mils and do the same thing I did with those with those twenty yep. square with the square ones. Those yeah. Real, that and they were nice. I can find a twenty-five mil round and do the same thing. I don't have a thirty-two mil round that way, and I'm not going to spend. I mean, it took me a month to make those, make enough of them, sculpt. Cu- you know, cast them, sculpt them, make the molds to be able to make them. I spent yeah. a month on that, just getting the molds done. Well, just and the- I have like one unit's worth of. Stupid bases done, and then it was like then they went round, and I could went. Could you oh, put them man. in the? Could you put them in the like the middle? 
of the 32 and then like grass around it. Yeah, but I don't want them on a little like the whole point was I wanted them to be like yeah, actual base. Yeah, yeah, I wanted the whole base to be that thing. Yeah. Because I, well, then again, green stuff, now it's a hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and, and who knows now? Because I also want to see when the book comes out. Because before, I wanted it to be that old—you know, everything's going to be perfectly clean—and the dwarfs coming yep. out of their beautiful, the Carrick with with all the, you know, with all the perfect stone. You know, everything looked nice and clean. But now, who yeah. knows where they're going to be? Exactly. So, uh, you know, I don't know. So, but that's that's it for the for the for the news of what's out and what's coming out. It seems to be all fire slayers. I'm not certain what's next, although we have heard. Uh, it's going to be next quarter should be the other half of the dwarves. The dwarves, yeah. So a couple of months. In I between there, we'll probably see some 40K and hopefully the next... Uh, new chaos for 40K. If you look in the white dwarf on the back oh yeah. next month, all sorts of new chaos for 40K. Yeah. I'm excited. Oh I'm yeah. not going to... She'll, she'll kill me if I say I'm going to get back into 40K, but... <laughs> we, we've had this conversation. <laughs> How many times have you played 40K? Uh... Not enough to justify not that enough army. to justify a new army, and I've I've done it. I've bought forty k stuff. It sits. I never get it done. I resell it, and it just yeah. A listener gave me a great deal on an orc army for forty k, like the first year yeah. of the show, and it's still not built and painted yet. But <laughs> I still have it because <laughs> I love that army, and I've still got it, and I've never sold it, and I haven't sold it off or gotten rid of it because I've still got it because it's like one of the, if I ever do get into forty k. Yeah, I want to build and paint that that yep. green skin army if together. If but. I ever get back into 40k, ever, I'm not saying I'm going to, but if I ever do, I'm probably going to go back to chaos because that was my first love. That was that the was first my army first you started with. 40k yeah. army was a chaos nice. army. So I, I remember that army. It, it it stabbed me. Yes, multiple times. It was times. pointy. It was pointy. It's very pointy. <laughs> Yeah. So, all right. You know what? It's uh, well, it's been about twenty. Let's take another break. Sure. I know it's a shorter break, and then when we come back. We'll come back with the toolbox brought to you by Chaos Arc Superstar. Chaos Arc Superstar. Chaos Arc Superstar. There we go. <laughs> all right. We'll be back. folks it's dave are you looking for that special model to add to your army a monstrous creature or maybe a character model something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table well then you should check out mirce miniatures at mirceminiatures.com their darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see and with the success of their recent kickstarter those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mierce Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mierce-Miniatures.com and seriously guys, you'll be glad you did. And we're back. Back, 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 back. Back, 
There you go. <laughs> I was waiting for Luke. <laughs> Didn't want to jump in on you guys. Back. All right. So, Toolbox brought to you by KS Work Superstore. Ah. Uh, you guys been doing any modeling? Not a me. Lot. He glues everything. <laughs> I don't. I don't touch glue because it all falls apart when I go near it. It's awful. Really? I, I've oh, yeah. been up to my eyeballs in plastic and super glue over the last three weeks. Get but her, give, getting my army. Give me the paint. Yeah. She's all gonna, the so, paint. so he assembles and you paint. Yes. That's exactly how it works. Oh, see, that's a team. That's nice. I build it. I convert it. She paints it because I can't. I don't have the patience to sit down with a paintbrush. Although I'm going to have to force myself to. If I want my stuff ready by end of March. But yeah, I was to say if you're gonna play an Adepticon, <laughs> we're gonna have to tag team for painting. But There's no, no um, help in it. I what are the dates for Adepticon again? Uh thirtieth, thirty first, first, second, and third. It's the weekend okay. after Easter. It's the oh, weekend right. after Easter. That's right, that's right. Okay. Um the uh I've been doing a lot of um building of my Bloodbound Chaos Army. I'm aligning Bloodbound with Warriors. Of course. That makes, uh, makes sense. Um I scratch. I didn't scratch built it, but I converted a kit cast. bash. I think we call I, it a kit bash. I kit bash most of my stuff. I don't really do a lot of customs, but I kit bashed. Um, I'm no good at either, so <laughs> I kit bashed a war shrine for chaos. I took the top half, and it's going on the back of a thunder tusk. Oh, cool! And and you know how the thunder tusk has the really long tusks? Yeah. When I bought it off of eBay, the guy didn't send me the tusks. Oh. So, but. Luckily, I actually had two smaller horns from a Chaos Chariot, so he's got small horns oh. instead of long horns, which is actually, actually looks really it cool. It does look he's really small, cool. So he's it more came of out a rumble nice. tusk. He's more of a rumble tusk. But, there you uh, go. Yeah, he's a rumble tusk, but uh, I'm going to put the uh, the shrine's going to go on the back of him, and I'm going to chain it all together. And That's the model you uh, you did the green stuff on the fur for. Uh, yes, because I also didn't get the ogre shields to put on his shoulder, so he had two gaping holes in his shoulders, so I just... Slapped some green stuff on and made it so look the guy like just fur. Sent you a partial kit. That's lame. Well, he didn't send me a partial kit. It was I bought it as a bit. I bought the Thunder Tusk body. Oh, okay. And the head separate. And but it was missing a a few pieces. Oh, okay. So, but just neither here nor there. I didn't pay full price for it, so I'm okay. Um, but that and then currently, what I'm currently working on, I started working on last night because. On Friday, I finally got my Hell Cannons Yay. Yay. in the mail. Um, is <laughs> I'm I'm scratch converting my Hell Cannons. And I actually got the body of one of them done last night. I'm taking, the surprisingly, the only thing I'm using from the Hell Cannon is the barrel. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Just the barrel. The body is a 40K Forge Fiend. And then the I've, I put legs and I put all the legs from a Defiler. Or a soul grinder. Oh, okay. On it, so kind of looks a little like a scorpion. Cool. Sort of. Um, I'm not going to put a tail on it because that's where I'm. Th- they're going to shovel into the. We were having this debate because yeah, we're... I, it just the way it sits because I have it angled like a mortar. Oh, that's true. We did decide if you put a tail on it, then it, you'd it have to. It doesn't sit right. Yeah. So. Ah, uh, okay. But that's that's pretty much what I've been working on. Um, I scratch built uh, my general was scratch built. I finished him a couple weeks ago uh, last week. So. But I've been doing a lot of building and priming, uh, getting all of it primed and built. Nice. So what? hopefully soon I can start uh, uh, painting it. And I'm just going to paint it easy. You know, the one thing that's always kept me um, from painting armies is I have a very high – I see other people's stuff, and I'm like, oh, I could do that. Or I see how GW paints. <laughs> 
you guys are both in the same camp when it comes to painting. You want it done so you can put it on the table and play it. And you don't exactly care if it's gorgeous and pretty. You just want it painted three colors so it functions. And that's kind of where I have to be, I feel. I mean, I've always, I've always been like, uh, I want it to look really, really good. I want to win awards for it, but I know I'm never going to be that. I'm never going to be Johnny Hastings. Let's put it that oh, way. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, but at this point, I'm to the point where I want an army to play. I want an army I can take to tournaments. If it's got three colors on it, that's good enough for me. I'm just going to slap some, slap some glaze and wash on them, hit some details, and then I'm going to be done because that's kind of where I have to be. And if I don't get a good appearance score, I don't get a good appearance score, and I'll just go for general <laughs> hmm. at a tournament. <laughs> If I have to, if I go for anything, which I don't really care, I see. But makes sense. That's kind of where I've been at toolbox wise. I've uh, well, it's only been seven days since we recorded the last show, so I didn't get much done. We did have now. It's been cold here, and I wanted to get the rest of my stormcasts primed. Yeah. So we had one day where it was quote unquote warm. It got to forty five. Yep. So I went out there. Everything I had was warm. The, pr- the 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 can of spray primer. The models were all in here and warm. I ran outside and primed everything in like ten minutes. Now. Quick, just holding it up with the latex glove on and spraying it and getting yep. it done. Ten minutes. It's weird. Um, they, they're not as shiny. Um, no, I don't, they're not, not. It's funny because I, I don't know that I would describe it as some people said to get that dusty look, and I don't know that it looks dusty, you know, but it's weird. It's just not as shiny. Yeah. Now, it the, it's still l- covered evenly. There's no globs. There's no anything. It's just not as shiny, and I don't know how the cold did that. Um, I may just quickly, if needs be, with the models, go over them with a thinned out bit of the auric gold that's yeah. Uh, yeah. the retributor armor or whatever the hell it's called. Just yeah. quickly go over it just to touch it up, it up a little bit. I mean, really thinned out really fast just with the with the large base. You could also brush. hit it with art coat too when you're done painting it. That's true. Because the art coat will shine it up a little bit for you and then you and then just don't hit it with a mat, just it, do the art coat. And it lo- it almost looks a little darker in color too. Like the it, it did change the color on those just a little bit. I think that's just as I was spraying it because I was spraying fast. I don't think I sprayed them as much. I think uh. that's just I don't think they're as heavily sprayed mm-hmm. as were they black the before? No, they were just the regular gray. Right? Weird. Yeah. You know, and I think that's part of it. It was cold and it wasn't spraying as thick. Um, but I'm I'm still heavy with them. Like I'm, I'm I just I'm not like I said I'm not going to win awards. I am, however. Going and I've got my little iPad and I'm following the dude from the Warhammer TV on yep. the step by steps because I like how they look on the book mm-hmm. cover and that's how I'm painting them. Like I just want them to be the gold with the white and blue. Yeah, uh, and so that's my plan to make awesome. them all look like those guys. If you like the way it looks and and he tells you step by step how to do it, then, then that's great. Go for it. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to think about it. And really, yeah. Now I've got a. I had an idea. And I want to shoot this past you guys. Um, especially with, you know, being able to mix armies mm-hmm. and mix things. And right now, I mean, I've only got, I mean, if I'm going to mix my death army, it's going to be my VC and my tomb Kings. And those are going to make, cause I'm just painting yeah. them yeah. all similarly anyway. So yeah. they're, they're fine. Like if I want to mix them, they're fine. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Sure. Um, if I ever get around to doing anything with chaos, it's my Nurgle stuff, and I'm not worried about that. I've got Nurgle, yeah. and I'm just playing with Nurgle. Yeah. Um, but for my good guy stuff, uh, I've basically got dwarfs. Yep. Excuse me, and I've got Stormcast. Mm. Now, I was thinking about possibly getting some of the smaller rare earth magnets and magnetizing my Stormcast Eternals to the bait to their bases. Okay. okay. 
Now, I thought this might be a weird thing because, like, remember I was trying to figure out how to base the Stormcast, and I couldn't figure out how to base them. Yeah. Like, what would a Zier look like? Because I wanted to look like a Zier. And then I, I was watching the the tutorial on doing the the lava. Yeah. Those those burnt earth bases, because mm-hmm. I'm definitely gonna do that for the, the dwarfs. The dwarfs. Right. Yeah. Okay. Undoubtedly. The the fire the the fire dwarden, and but now but my other dwarfs. They won't be from that that realm, mm. and they won't have those kind of bases. Now, I'm lucky because those dwarfs, even though there's a lot of silver on them, they're also gold on parts, and their color scheme was blue and white, yeah. which yeah. it just so okay. happens is the... Same color scheme for the Sigmarites. Color scheme for the, the Stormcast Eternals are blue yeah. and white. So they will match, um, but... The Stormcast Eternals are these ones that I'm building that, that it seems that all the other stuff that I've got would be, these would be the guys I would like pair stuff off with. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking of if I magnetize the, so I could just magnetize into their bases, I could get extra, the 40 mil bases for the Stormcast. I can do the the the, the, the fire bases. Yeah. So if I team them up with, if I wanted to go like to a tournament, so you could just swipe out, swap out the bases. Yeah, and then then suddenly they match. Even if I paint the dwarfs in that color scheme that I saw that I was telling you guys about, yeah, with the, yeah. so they look like they're burnt, you know. So maybe their color scheme doesn't match a hundred percent, but so suddenly I can do the bases. The bases, yeah. Then if they go to a different realm and I match them up with another army, they can go. I would just have make base. other bases. Oh. So I can just paint them the gold, white, and blue. Yeah. And so I was like, well, you you know, does your army have cohesion, which is a lot of things that they, yeah. they look for. Yeah. Yeah, because I have the same, same bases. Base. And it's a big 40 mil base. They have a nice wide stance. Yeah. Yeah. And it would just put a rare earth magnet in the foot. Foot. Yep. And Or even in both both heels. Yeah. And then just put them on, stick them uh, on the other the, side on of the, the base. base. Yeah. And then they just just pop them on the bases. So that's that would, a cool idea. That would be the thing that yeah. I would think. I just need extra bases, and bases are so easy. Yes. Yeah. And cheap. Oh, I want. And then if I ever wound up like you know, if Morgan paints up her Empire army, or if Harrison gets his High Elves redone because he's been enjoying AOS a lot. Yeah. The High Elves are also blue and white. Yeah. Right. Whatever realm they're from. Okay. Get some more bases. Boom. Boom. Make them match the High Elf bases. Boom. Yeah. Then. Perfect. Matching by the bases, and I'm thinking if I can get some of the magnets. Oh yeah, and I've got a ton because I was magnetized uh, the bu- the bases. Yeah, when I had movement trays, when I was magnetized by the bases. <laughs> yeah, and now that I'm going to be busting off all those bases, I may be pulling off all the magnets off the bottom of those bases. There I've still go. got them. Yeah, yeah. Put them into the feet. That's and, actually a really good idea. And, mag- and see if I can. I thought that might work. Yeah, it's a great idea. I mean, it's going to take a little time. Yeah, you're going to have to. It, it, you're going to have is, to take that. Get your pin vice out and. Yeah, and, and get I mean, all I've, holes. I've, I've, I've done that before. Yeah, yeah. You know, on um, a much bigger scale, and I thought it might be cool. And then, wherever the wherever your stormcast turtle, whatever realm they land in, boom, they'll, yeah. they'll be cohesive with yeah. the rest of your army. I like that idea. So That's you a just good idea. Punch holes in the bases where the heels yeah. go, and you're done. Yeah. Or do they still make the bases with the slots? Could you glue the magnets in the slots where the heels are and then well if i'm doing the bases, what i would just do is just take the Stormcast, put them on the base and mark where their magnets are and just put the other magnets right there and so mm. oh because you put them under do they cl- do I, i'm not fiddled with that enough i don't know if, i don't know how well they would stick if they were under through the plastic but i would just i they just, stick very well i could just i've done i've done something similar to that before um through the plastic Rare earth magnets will magnetize anything. And the thing is, even if I drill just a little bit partway, just enough to give a notch so I could stick it in the notch yeah. and put some glue in there yep. just enough, and then, boom, they'll just stick right to it. And especially, I'm going to try it with my liberators because it's pretty much they all have that pretty same foot pose. Yeah. 
get them in there, pop them on, see how they work. If worst comes to worst, I put a number on the bottom of the foot, so you know where next they go. to the magnet, yeah. and then a number on the bottom of the base. Yep. Yeah. And so when the you know so you won't see it. It's like when you write Andy on the bottom. Yeah. Of <laughs> foot, you yeah. Know? Yes. Yep. And then when it touches the bottom of the base, boom, it all sticks up, and yep. then they always match up yeah. with no matter what you're playing. If you want to team them up with something and. Not like I play so many tournaments, I need to worry about <laughs> this, right? Like I'm focusing on the right thing here, folks, right? Yeah. But I was just thinking about that today. That's a, that's a really cool idea. I like that a lot. Uh, I think that's a good idea. It's a nice way to keep cohesion. Um, it's a nice way to make the army look cohesive. Which, and plus, like I said, getting the stormcast, then wherever they're fighting, yep. no matter what you're playing, you yeah. can have them in that realm. They are base. It's like because they fight everywhere, right? Yeah, right. They go to all the all the realms. It's not like the fire dwarven are going to be in all the realms necessarily. They're going to be fighting in their realm, and when the stormcast show up and fight alongside yep. them, they're on those. They're going to be in their realm, there. or they'll go to another realm if they're paid enough. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and so, if you've got swampy bases for your wood elves, I make the same. However, I make those bases. I make the same bases. Yep. And then if you ever do a team tournament with someone, okay, I'll take my Stormcast. What do your bases, bases look like? Look All like. I need oh, to do is make bases, cool. slap them together, exactly. we, we match now. There you go. Perfect. That that would be awesome. Yeah. See, I'm thinking. I had a good idea. <laughs> you did. I can't believe it. Let's mark it. Wait, what's the date? Today is January 17th. <laughs> We're on a road to nowhere. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there we go. Uh, so let's move on. We'll get gaming. Well, we had a game. We, we had, had a game. game. And that's the, that's the whole rest of the show, so we'll get back to that. Okay. Other than that, have you been doing other gaming? Like uh, other games been playing? Uh, yeah. I, um, playing your Star Wars. I've I been playing you. my Star Wars. Um, a lot. I do. Uh, I actually was in a tournament. Um, oh, Two weekends ago? No, last weekend, actually. Was that last uh, weekend? Technically, it was... Um, Seems like thirty. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a week or two ago. It was a Saturday. We had a X-wing tournament at the uh, store, and it was actually for being a non-store championship for just being a regular old tournament. We had twenty-two people at UGG. Show up. At UGG? Yes. Yeah. Twenty-two people showed that up. Played X-wing, and that's Dang, about yo. that's about the max we had, that you can fit oh, in yeah. that that's store. The whole store, it pretty was, much. There was no elbow room. Nope, pretty much. But um, it was a, uh, it was good. I actually took second. Nice. Yes. Um, uh, which I was very surprised about. Um, <laughs> but twenty-two the, people. I uh-huh. took. I took twenty-third. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the only real gaming I've done recently. The, I've got some coming up in the next couple of weeks. The, the other gaming we've been doing, just the two of us, is we've been playing Rum and oh, Bones. Oh, yeah. We actually... It uh, is it's my cool, new favorite board game. It's a cool mini or not game. Um, so it's in the same realm, so to speak, as Zombicide. Zombicide. Okay. Um, but it's a, it's a broadside-style pirate game with miniatures. Oh, okay, I've seen Rum and yep. Bones. Now, I knew, I knew I knew the name. Once you said yeah. it, now so I know what it is. We we picked that up a while ago, and, and Lucas been Jones and Hardcore on it, so we've been... I'm actually playing a tournament of that Friday night at Adepticon. So, nice. Yeah, so we, we're, we've picked up all the expansions. Funny enough, actually... On New Year's Eve, that was looked, our New Year's. <laughs> we looked at each other like, "Are we going anywhere? We're not going anywhere." Like, do you want to play board games? Like, yeah, let's play board games. So we pulled out Rum and Bones, and we we played played our pirate game, and we watched Pirates, Pirates of, of the, the Caribbean. Caribbean on New Year's Eve. <laughs> now, okay, let's let's wrap this up and get to our next commercial break. Do you guys have any other anything that really stands out you wanted to mention? Movies, TV, books, anything that just sticks out? Um, any geek, I fandom have- stuff. 
I'll say, I have another new favorite board game aside from Rum and oh, Bones. Oh, go ahead. Have you found Mysterium yet? I have not. Um, so this is my other, th- the other game that I'm so crazy over. It's like a combination between Clue and Dixit. Okay. Um, so you have one player that plays as the ghost, and then everybody else play as psychics. Oh, we played this. We played this at uh, the Halloween thing at UGG. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that game's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So we've played a couple more times since then. So what happens is you, whoever is playing the ghost, and and since it's my game and I've played the most, I've been the one that plays the ghost the most, has these bizarre Dixit-like cards where they just have these totally random scenes on them. And you as the ghost are are giving these vision cards to the other people uh, playing as psychics and trying to tell them... Uh, who killed you and where and with what? So there's the clue part of it. <laughs> and I got to tell you, everyone that's played with me has then turned around and played as the ghost and gone, holy crap, this is a lot harder than it looks. Oh, it's not no, easy. It's no. not easy at yeah, all. I didn't think for a second that that was hard. That was easy. <laughs> I was watching you do it going, oh, no way. And there are several times when you're looking at your cards and you're looking at, and, and there are sometimes when there's cards that are perfect for whatever it is and you just hold and hold and hold that card until you get to that scene there are other times when you're looking at the stuff in your hand and you just throw somebody a bunch of random crap and go good luck i don't know what the hell i'm gonna do with this (laughs) but it's a ton of fun we've played it with a handful of different people now and i'm love love loving that game yeah that was fun that was really it was it was crazy but it was fun yeah i lost hard but that was okay because it was just it was a weird game yep all right, so let's see. What have I been doing for other? Um, all right, have you guys watched any of this Expanse show on Sci-Fi? I have not. All no, right, not first episode. I'm like, okay, I have no idea what's going on, <laughs> but I'll, 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 I'll keep giving it a shot because yeah. I've heard good things. Sec, took me till about the third episode, and I'm like, okay, now I'm seeing where these separate people are sort of stringing together and what's going on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool like i'm not a hundred percent certain what's going on but it's kind of a neat that, show like i'm it's, it's it's neat enough that i'm giving it a chance and i'm still watching yeah. it like right. f- six seven episodes mm-hmm. in and i'm like okay i want to know what happens yeah yeah like now I, i've been hooked enough where it's like it's like i'm not saying it's the best show i'm not certain if it's a great show yeah. but it's interesting it's I'm, interesting i'm saying i want to know what happened at this point now i like okay i want to know what's yeah. going on and for sci-fi that's saying something because yeah. Yeah. they put out some decent shows, but they also put out some real, real crap. crap. So yeah. agreed, <laughs> um, agreed. So yeah, other than that, that's where we're at. Um, were you going to chime in with something else, Luke? No. no. Okay. And uh, I'm looking forward to going to see because um, I did see Hateful Eight, and I loved Hateful Eight. I, I really did. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing um, that DiCaprio movie, um, the whatever it's called, the one with the with the bear and Malta. Oh, um, right. It starts with an R. The Revenant. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, the Revenant. There is one thing I'm looking forward to, and that's Deadpool. That's my next. Oh, movie. that's going to be hysterical. Deadpool. You know what? Because what's his name is annoying as all get out, but I think that this is a role that is him. actually he. That's Ryan he will Reynolds, do well. isn't it? Ryan yeah. Reynolds. Oh yeah, yeah. Ryan Reynolds. All right, we've gone way too long now, and I hate myself for it. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we are going to talk all about the game we had, which was Taz's um, really just sort of randomly uh, chosen and poorly put together uh, from my wood elf, what I have left I can sell wood elves against uh, Luke's corn blood bound. So, folks, we'll be back in a minute, and uh, we'll uh, have that for you. 
Unique Gibson Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. back all right folks and so here we are main topic uh warhammer noobs except they're not really noobs i I'm know not, you guys aren't really noobs. Well, I'm not really new to age of sigmar this, this is our official first age of sigmar game well, well, yeah. you guys well, you guys pretty much left well i think i think luke i think you left after that tournament that we had like a month after eighth started yeah i i went through let's see um, I've been playing GW since third edition 40k, so mm-hmm. I've been playing yep. GW games for a very long time. Both of us, yeah. Um, I actually got into fantasy with seventh uh-huh. edition. I played a lot of seventh, and then eighth edition started, and I didn't dislike eighth. Um, but around the time, I, but yeah, I I think eighth had just come out, and I just stopped playing because I had gone through three different armies that I wanted to play that I never <laughs> got built and never got painted and they just kind of sat there and I would sell one and buy another one and that wouldn't get painted. <laughs> you started off, you bought those warriors. I, I bought, yeah, I started with warriors and then I went to VC. Yeah, you weren't happy with the warriors. I didn't even know you went to VC. I just know you bought all that orcs and goblins stuff because when the new book came yep. out, like, this is going to be awesome. And you're yep. playing, you're like, yeah. I can't make this work. Screw yeah, these guys. You know, and, and quite frankly... I I think it was because even though it was a new edition, it was still fantasy, and a lot I I didn't play enough to get practiced enough, and I was playing against guys like Fetter and Chris, right. you and you, and it was like you guys are the tournament players. You're, you 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 okay, go to tur- they're the tournament. <laughs> pl- <all right. laughs> You've played in tournaments though. I haven't. Well, that's true. So, <laughs> okay. Well, so, but you guys know what you're doing. And you're just like I play. I remember I I threw down orcs against Grant's Skaven. Oh boy! And yeah. he, oh, I remember that at his house, and he w- mopped the floor with me. <laughs> and it just he he's so much better at it than I am. And I think that with Age of Sigmar, for me at least, it's it's a chance to get into a game fresh. It it and also new. feels like. 
um, it's a little easier to kind of figure out what goes together and figure out how things mesh. We were having the conversation kind of halfway through the game about how you can look at the stuff with the keywords and how the keywords can kind of guide how you create your list. I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, the list I played literally was, what's in the box? Yeah. Okay, well, that makes 15 points. Let's play that. Well, yeah. Okay, so we'll let, let, let's set this up. This is a good thing. So Luke and Tez came over, folks, uh, came down here into the crypt, and um, we're going to give a demo game. And sort of when they showed up, Taz is interested in wood elves. Right. And I have some left. I sold some. I have some left. Luke, brought o you brought over your chaos. My blood bound, yeah. And uh, I said, well, instead of me playing anything, why don't we just dig out what I have left of the wood elves? We'll pull some stuff out. We'll just... We'll we'll pull out the uh, AOS pool choices list yep. from uh, or, uh, the, clash the, the clash uh, list, and um, we'll just start pulling stuff out. So it's like, all right, here, we'll pull out some. You want you definitely want some archers. So yeah. we'll pull right. out twenty archers. That's yep. three points. Oh, here, take some wild riders. Two units of five. That's another six points. Yeah. Right. Um, what about what else is in the box? Oh, he, oh, here's here's six treekin. There's another two units. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Here's a tree man. Um, then what did we get? Five, uh, five gl glade riders. You had glade riders. horses on the field. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it was, so it was, it was two units of wild riders and then five. a unit, yeah. a, a five and then a unit of glade, of glade riders. riders. And then we had the Lord on the stag and a spell weaver. Right. And then, t uh, two units of 10 archers. No, one unit of 20 archers. One unit, one unit of 20, 20 archers. We put it on the table the other way and changed our minds when we were the rules. Yeah. We looked at the rules and said, Oh, 20 archers, you get a bonus. Yeah. Make it, make, make one it unit 20. 20. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then the tree man, and then the, and then the two units of three tree kin. Yep. yep. And we added up fifteen points. Hey, Luke, you got fifteen points. I oh, did. This is fifteen points. I had fifteen. Let's play. And um, Taz, since you hadn't played, we just decided to go with the, one of the clash comp scenarios because it's nice. It's it's you know, and I know you guys don't. I, I listen to a lot of other podcasts, and I've been playing and listening to the, the different shows. And you know, Clash Comp was one of the first ones that came out, mm -hmm. and everybody sort of adopted it. And now it's like people want different. You know, you don't want to go to have the same thing yeah. at every tournament. Yeah. And so other people are coming up, and I, you know, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't use the pool choice. I everyone knows I love the pool choices. I it think actually worked out really well. The yeah. armies, the armies felt incredibly balanced. Mm -hmm. I mean, the game itself came to what? It was a twelve-eight in your favor. So uh, yeah, it, it was a twelve-eight, and and that was only because of one one model. or two rolls. Yeah. yeah, one model. Yeah, yeah. But the lists felt incredibly balanced using that system. And uh, but we didn't use like one of the scenarios from the book or anything. We just mm -hmm. grabbed one of the clash ones just because Taz hasn't played in forever, and we wanted yeah. to give her right. a feel for this is how the game can be with basic scenarios. Mm -hmm. So we had the. Uh, scenario with the three objectives and one of them disappears yep yep so that and um what did you, luke you had uh i took uh i had a mighty lord of corn i had 20 blood reavers 15 blood warriors with the gorglave at a korgoroth i took five wraith mongers a skull grinder um, i had three skull crushers and Sila and fingrim yep who was my uh model of the game no kidding <laughs> Yeah, that thing gets crazy. Everyone's like, "That thing kind of stinks." No, Taz took like about six or s about six wounds off of it, and it became a beast. It gets yep. better as it she gets hurt. It took me what two turns to kill that thing, it, and I threw four units at he's it. He's great. Yeah, well, I was rolling really well too. But <laughs> the thing is, he gets so much better 
you want it if you if you can. It, it's okay. You want to allocate all this stuff to kill him? Great. It means you're not attacking the rest of my stuff. Right. And you better kill him in one go, because if you don't, he's going to be worse when he gets to you. Oh, because yeah. Because he gets that plus whatever to his 2d6 roll. Because I, I threw... You what? did six th- wounds on him with the Wild Riders. With the Wild, with the wild riders. riders. I happened to get lucky with, with those. And he, then I threw a unit of Treekin, another unit of Treekin at it. I threw my Lord. My Lord. Well, he jumped my, over your he, Treekin. Oh, like, yeah. No, he j- jumped over jumped, my Treekin. And that was the whole reason when you put them there. I was like, okay. I was like, I'm still going to get to your Lord. Right. Because of his ability to jump over. Yep. He, he basically piles in six inches, ignoring other models. So he basically leaps over any other model to get to where he needs to be. And as long as he's within two inches of more models than he started when than when he piled in, he's okay. And that got me in range of your lord, which then unfortunately I wasn't able to hurt your lord that much with him, but But he my lord got tangled up in that mess and, and never got out. Exactly, and my Korgorov finished him off. You, so. Yeah, you came over that <laughs> beastly thing. What I think is cool is you know, there's a there's a there's a definitely a way to get set up your list, which we didn't use any sort of real list building. We just took right. what you had and threw it on the table to, yeah. as as a learning experience. Um, I think there's a definite, you know, skill to getting to set up. You know, going through your heroes and your wizards, and mm-hmm. and sort of you know right. making sure that your keywords, like you said, match. Yeah, because we got halfway. Because I put I put down two of the uh, Sylvan forests, and we get part of the way through the game and then suddenly discovered, oh wait, I have stuff that doesn't have Sylvan keyword. Crap, I really get, shouldn't run through that. Yeah, it's going to get hurt by the forest. Yep. <laughs> My own stuff. Yeah, because we were just using the Wood Elf PDF and they'd say, ah, oh, the Wood Elves are Wanderers, The all the forest spirits are Sylvaneth. Yep. So different keywords. And it was funny because you had the Tree Man over by these guys and the Spell Singer over by the other guy and they should have been in the exact opposite places right, because yeah. they didn't help they couldn't help the models they were with. You didn't realize because we hadn't paid that much attention to the right. synergies and the keywords. It's, and once yeah. again, you're technically, even though you're used to it being one list, and they're all, if you look at what else, they're, they are all in mm. one list. Yep. Their keywords are now technically from two different lists. They're yeah. from the, the Sylvaneth list yeah. and from the Elf list. Um, so you're, you know, you're, what, you're basically mixing two different armies under the alliances and as we've learned you start to mix too many different armies yep. you don't get the different synergies that you're looking for yeah right well, something that i noticed and just because i've been doing a lot of list tooling and stuff getting ready for adepticon something that i've noticed is that your the keywords really res- really match up with the heroes of whatever you're playing like for for instance i'm taking a bloodbound K, uh, Warriors of Chaos list to Adepticon. And I've been looking at I was looking at the heroes for Warriors of Chaos. Well, all the heroes for Warriors of Chaos are Slaves of Darkness. And a lot of their command abilities and stuff affect Slaves of Darkness. Well, none, nothing out of the Bloodbound book is a Slave to Darkness. They're all corn. So a Warriors of Chaos hero, their command abilities aren't going to work against my Bloodbound guys. So that's something you got to watch when you're list building is is my command abilities for my heroes going to affect my entire army. And there are ways that you can, you know, pick the right stuff and everything so that it works that way like the war shrine for warriors of chaos. If I take it in my bloodbound army, 
that specifically says you can take a corn, you can give it the corn keyword. Right. And you can basically say, or and you can favor it to corn and, you know, every 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 uh, hero phase it can pray to corn, which affects all your corn units, but it still is a slave to darkness model. It, it's models like that that you have to look at and go, okay, that 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 model will work as a plug-in to a bloodbound army, but you know something like uh, a chaos lord may not because his command ability is not going to work well. Right. It's why I don't worry so much about the grand alliances because I know a lot of people worry. Well, death only has two armies in the grand alliance, and destruction only has two armies in the grand alliance, but. Chaos has, you know, uh, five, and Destruction has, or not Destruction, Chaos has like five. Order has the most. Order, yeah, Order has a ton. Order has the most. Um, but, if you know, you can cherry pick and choose. I suppose you can, but it's 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 not going to mesh really well. No. It's not. Like, I mean. You could break I mean, it and not worry about them meshing and just saying these things are all really good on their own. Yeah. But, gosh, it just, I don't. But I think. Uh, something that has been really been added into Age of Sigmar that I personally felt Eighth didn't have a whole lot of was synergy. I mean, Eighth had had its synergies to it, but it was more about I have this level four wizard that's going to cast this on this that that you know I, I didn't when I would list build in Eighth I didn't really see the synergies. I see the synergies in. Well, they're a lot more obvious now because, a lot of more the obvious. because of the keywords. Definitely, yeah. and I think that's a big thing. And I, I and I think, you and know, it's not in the big fat rule book. It's in every single war scroll. Exactly. And by putting them in the war yes. scrolls, every every time you look to put something in, mm-hmm. you can see where they match up. You know, and it makes me feel. And I don't know, Taz, if this made you feel the same way. I mean, you haven't done a whole lot of this build, but when I list build or when I watch Age of Sigmar, I see the synergies. It reminds me so much of War Machine. See, grumble, the, grumble, 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 <laughs> grumble, grumble, grumble. Actually, it's funny in, in, in the synergies and how my, they work. My first thought, or Malifaux, or Malifaux, you know, yeah. a, a good game, <laughs> a good game. Yes, <laughs> I, I'm gonna you're make right. another. Weird now, you're, now you're gonna get emails about people who like War Machine. You know yeah, this. <laughs> I'm gonna make another weird comparison <laughs> okay. because my thought was, um, it made me think back to building a uh, Star Wars LCG list where, oh, you match up your planets, yeah, and you okay. figure out which planets because the the different planets if you say you if you take conquest? stuff no you're talking about planets i, I am aware of so that star wars lcg you and had star wars planets. lcg this tatooine. stuff takes place on tatooine Re- remember oh, the yeah. whole hoth yeah. sequence yeah right yes. and that giant hoth deck i built yeah. that rocked yeah when your keywords all match up your deck does infinitely better uh-huh that's <laughs> just that's, how it works and that was yeah. what it made me think of okay. was like when i built that hoth deck and the entire thing was hoth there were three or four objectives i had in there that all were affected mm-hmm. and had extra stuff just because i had hoth units out yep made yep. me think of that oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's it really does sort of mesh, and we we really saw where Luke's stuff. And here's the best part: is first you got to get stuff like Luke's army had all the synergies. Mm-hmm. Taz's had some. Well, and it and, and half you, of and mine did, did and half placed. of it didn't. No, yeah. and they didn't get placed right because we didn't realize. Cause right, we didn't know because well, I hear and I'm the best helper because we're all laying and I'm like I don't know what any of this does. I just <laughs> I don't yeah. play this list. But hey, let's figure it out together. I know how to play the game. Yeah, and yep. now I'm learning how wood elves work. Right, yeah. it's and we're just having fun placing it out. I, yeah, um, 
and then the funny part is, is you know, everyone. I, I love hearing when you oh, just shove it in the middle. It's a scrum. Oh, God. movement is so important. Yeah, oh, it is. Um, and even it just even deployment was so important. Right. Yeah. Luke deployed his guy with the icon about six inches to his right too much, mm-hmm. and it it totally messed up with what he was able to do with some of his units because you're. Uh, was it the Blood Reavers? Blood, yeah, my Blood Reavers. Uh, they suffered because they weren't right where they they weren't yeah. close enough to that guy um, to be able to rush up and do what they needed to do. Uh, if my Blood Reavers, <laughs> if I had had my Blood Secretor about like you said five to six inches to the left of the field, I could have planted my banner and my blood. I wouldn't have lost ten, eight guys to Battle Shock. Right, because my yeah. Blood Secretor when he pl- when he opens the Portal of Skulls. Any unit within 18 inches does not have to test for battle shock. Well, my Blood Reavers got shot to crap. And that is... <laughs> yeah, and lost that was eight huge. guys to battle shock. That so is so huge. It was huge. It yeah. was huge because then I... Yeah, because that was one whole unit that didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. because so, you have a... Yeah, your bravery was six plus one was a seven. No, I had five. They're five. Oh, five plus They're one five was plus a six. five plus one was a six. And you had lost like, I think, what, 12 models to shooting? Ten. I lost 10 and then I lost another eight. To battle shock. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. It was Without horrible. that test, you had half a unit. If yep. they would have charged in, that would that could have swung that whole combat because that tree man, they, you know, that tree man was already hurting from the wrath mongers. Yeah, those two those guys. Those things just, were nasty. By the way, wrath mongers are cool. I love wrath mongers. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? Um, I, I, I'm not a fan of the models. You're not. Those are the guys with the metal pants and no shirts, right? They're well. They're they're wearing armor on armored the bottom, pants. and then they have like uh, <laughs> heavily armored pants yeah, and no shirts. Yeah, I, they just they confuse me. I don't know. I don't <laughs> like the models. And Scar Bloodwrath, I don't like him either. Really? I don't, I, I, I actually like the I like them because are, are they just half a Space Marine? The bottom to, half, <laughs> sort of. So, yeah, take a Space Marine bottom and attach it to a to a to a. Um, a marauder top. Yeah, coming from somebody who likes building models and goes, oh, those models go together beautifully. Goes very, I, I go, you know, when I build my models, I try to look, try to be very dynamic. And to me, the Wrathmonger kit is even the even the when if you make choose to make the Skull Reapers, they're very dynamic in that they all you know. But just the duck the. the the look of the Wrathmongers coming running in with these giant chains wheeling it's it's just so cool to to, to look at. You know, so but um after tonight I probably you know, I'll probably fill my open sp- uh spot in my list for Adepticon with those. I'll bring eight of them. So I mean they you know, they they took me a while to chew through. I did not want to play with those, and I mean, you almost took no. down the tree man with them. Well, almost, the tree yeah. man almost took down himself because of that. Oh yeah, Ugh. that's true. Yeah, that was that was kind of funny. That was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, they're Which, pretty brutal. Whomping Willow just hurt itself. It was yep. awful. <laughs> but so it's funny because both of you had synergies that didn't work because of where you placed. Yes. Your models and yes. where things moved. And it it does. It becomes this sort it, of intricate little game, making sure really things are important. where they need to be. You've got a lot of bubbles. Yep. Right. Of of inf- little circles of influence that you have to sort of keep yeah. in these places going together. I've, I've been watching a lot of uh, AOS battle reports on YouTube. And something that I've noticed in almost every single one that I've watched is that 
when people deploy their AOS armies, they're usually deploying them on very close together. Like all other models are usually all within one to two inches of each other because everything works together. And I learned that tonight that if I had to replay this game, I would have set everything up on one side of the board to where it was all within. Yep. And I would have just kind of moved it. I would have moved it all as one force and not like piecemeal it out like you used to do in eighth. Mm -hmm. Like you had. Yeah. No, we we both learned lessons about don't, you know, don't play like eighth. I mean, I. Because you know, it doesn't play like eight. No, nothing like it. I mean, heck, there, what was it? Turn four when I when I came around, and Dave and you looked at me and said, "Well, I know what I would do." And I'm like, "Oh, I'm looking at this and this and this." And you're like, "No, no, 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 no! You're forgetting the objective." And yep. it's like, you know, the obje- even just changing the fact that as opposed to I'm going to trample across the board and squish you, you know, I'm actually going to play for this objective and. You know, oh, I killed this unit. I killed this model. I'm trying to take this particular chunk of. Uh, of terrain like that that came down to where the game was because I mean you only had one unit left on the table I had three mm-hmm. so if you're just counting it by that I won the game but it doesn't matter well that matters for clash comp but yeah I, yeah. I understand what you're saying yeah yeah I mean it, it really came down to those little decisions which and it, it would made the game really fun I mean mm-hmm. just even watching and sort of coaching and just sort of trying to make sure that we were doing everything right yep was a lot it was a lot of fun just kind of sort of you know just being the rules guy yeah and 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 kicking back and and seeing what would happen because yeah like i said these are two armies i don't play mm. so just kind of seeing what does this guy do oh wow what <laughs> yeah yeah seeing all the extra guys seeing all the shooting <laughs> yeah yeah from my side that's <laughs> something else in all the battle reports i've watched not a lot of shooting a lot of a lot of people don't. I mean, don't you know? Even I, with even with the Sigmarites, they don't have a whole lot of shooting. It, that seems, as I say, that seems extremely underrated considering how much damage those archers did. And oh, it's you, incredible! You never and <laughs> I was made, made a point to keep them the hell away from you. Well, and, yeah. and and you, and and you did not get to them. I I was able to keep that entire unit at twenty, and that did a massive amount of yeah. damage. You know, as soon as you put them down. And I, I think you put them down towards the end, so it really wouldn't have mattered. You probably, I, I should have tried to go as far away from them as I could and set up everything on one side. That's what I should have tried to do. So, yeah, I think with a little more experience, we, that that game would have been very different. I do too. Oh, definitely. And, and not necessarily even the outcome. I just we would have played it. We would very have played differently. it differently. I would have set up differently for sure. An experienced, yeah, an experienced player. Once you saw those. Once you saw all those archers down, you would have never. I would have been like, "Nope, I'm not going to even. I'm not going to give you something to shoot at. If you want to shoot me, you have to come over here. Exactly. <laughs> you have to move them closer to me if you want to shoot, and then you know you have to deal with the consequences of that. But, um, and I did something that I that you know I I did I shooting is important, and that's something this game taught me is that shooting is important, and it's one of the reasons that. In my Adepticon list, I'm bringing the Hell Cannons. It's because I need chaos. Just in general, needs some type of shooting, because especially Bloodbound. So the fact that I can align them with something that gives them shooting is good, because those Corgarats they don't shoot worth a, a, a darn at all. Simply, well, and they only have a few shots, and it's within six it's inches. Six inches. It's, it's I mean, completely, it's completely. It's it's not, and it's not even rended or anything. It's just one damage. They're there to. 
shoot you before I charge. Yeah, at, at that's that, what it's there at for. At that point, you might as well spit on me. And, yeah, it's really, but it's it's one of those things where. So I mean, that's something. I'm glad I finally got a chance to play AOS because that's something that I was oh, that I had been questioning to myself is that does an army in AOS truly need shooting to function well? Oh well, yeah, think it does. We learned I, it that needs, lesson today. Even if it's you know one unit. That can throw shots downfield, or two units that can throw, you know, even if it's one war machine that just is chucking shots at stuff every turn. Well, I think you that, need balance. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. you really do. You want to get a balanced list. You mm-hmm. want to have a little shooting. You want to have some movement. You want to have things. You, you want to yep. be able to do to work in every phase. Yeah. Um. You know, and especially with magic being. Less of a factor in that this was, game than it that was. That was another really interesting thing because, I mean, the for me especially, Luke played a little bit later than I did, but for me especially, you know, I, I played Dark Elves where I would get a handful of dice when I played Magic, and especially playing Dark Elves, I can chuck as many dice as I want and, you know, risk blowing myself up, but... I mean, I, I had the option to to play an awful lot of Magic when, when I was playing, and it really... It's the magic in this in this version is toned down so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's gonna it it'll it'll it. There's buffs and debuffs and just little things. It's gonna it'll nudge, but it doesn't seem like it's gonna completely swing the game. Correct. Crazy. Now, I mean, I've seen games where it's gone completely crazy. We didn't have a big summoning army where some suddenly you know oh, you've got true. a uh, bunch of stuff coming up. You didn't have. Four, we also only had you you know you had one caster. On, yeah, on the, that's true. The, we did not go much, yeah. much, yeah. much in the way I, well, I was playing an army that doesn't there. rely on it. Well, yeah. They were not magic users. Corn does. Yeah. Corn hates magic. You know. So, I mean, when I was playing, uh, when I was playing against uh, Alex and Grant, um, with just with my VC, just the couple of spells I was getting off just to make my army moving around, uh, made it brutal. Just growing back models yeah. and getting off that extra attack. Um, you know, getting. <laughs> I mean, I've got a spell that allows me to just to pile in and get a whole second set of attack, a second pile in an attack. Oh dear with, lord! During a combat, with with there are a your zombies, that. that would be ridiculous. Yeah. Or with my ghouls, who yeah. Oh, yeah. have extra attacks as it is. Oh, it's it's, it's brutal. Actually, it's wonderful. One of the reports I watched, you'd be int- you would be interested in seeing. It was a guy who had he. It was a ghoul army. He had three units of eighteen ghouls, six crypt horrors, fell bats. And then he had his heroes were like all vampires. It was just it was a crazy, uh, a little bit of a crazy list. The g- ghouls in Age of Sigmar are nuts. They can be. They can be nuts. So yeah, I got to get to rebasing them eventually. But I want to paint these uh, stormcasts first because they 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 having fun. They're pretty. <laughs> They're great so, models. Yeah. So now. I know we're going to be doing the eighteen hundred points of SDK comp over at Adepticon. at Adepticon. Yep. But so, what you guys? Uh, you know, you know, it's time. You know, actually, it's time to take a break. Okay. But we're going to come back, uh, and we're going to actually we'll talk a little bit more. We'll wrap up the show. Sure. But I wanted to talk to you guys about the idea of with the pool choices and the different scenarios and stuff because that's yeah. obviously way different. Yeah. Uh, without the points and things like that, so we'll be right back, folks. Sure.
Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm. It doesn't separate from the base. They custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army. And we're back. Back, 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 back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Taz listens to that, the show. That's my uh, uh, my wife, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> hey, I listened. <laughs> that was the point. <laughs> so, um, like before we left, I just said I wanted to talk about uh, the pool choice. Now, like I said, you just saw the list, and we just pulled what we had. Right. Um. Now, um, in the actual comp pack it's you pick 30 mm-hmm. and you actually play with 20 so it then gives you some flexibility so flexibility to figure out what you want to play against with the list you're looking at so it allows right. you to build a list that can take on multiple types and it actually it's cruel. more flexibility than you think because with the list you took um like you would have had listed you know, uh, the archers or the glade guard, three pool choices. Right. Let's say you took 30 instead of, well, actually, I don't know if it would be legal, but whatever. Let's just say you took 30, okay? Yep. So you would have 4.5 pool choices. You you just list your total pool choices. You don't list I have a unit of 10 and a unit of 20 or three units of 10 or mm-hmm. one unit of 30. You just list 4.5 pool choices. Okay. When you get to the table, you determine how you're going to place them. Okay. Which literally not only gives you flexibility for which of the units you're deciding you're going to put down, but am I going to need three units of 10? Do I want one big block of 30? Do I only want one block of 10 because I need a little bit of this, and then I'm going to leave the rest aside as my my side, and I'm going to take the other stuff. Yeah. So the flexibility becomes really huge Mm. when you have you know, several, you know, m- multiples of that same yeah. unit a, a, in, the, in that pool choice. That's actually kind of cool. I mean, I, I don't know that I remember ever having a tournament of any sort where you would play, you'd br- get to bring extra stuff and then figure out, here's what I actually want to play when you get to the table and see what your opponent's doing. It's a lot like having a sideboard in Magic. Yeah, okay. In that... Okay, I sit down at a magic tournament. I have my deck. It's these these colors, and now I know what my co- my opponent's colors are. I can, if I know, I can look at my sideboard and go, "I'm going to replace these four cards with these four cards because they do better against that color." It's the same concept, you know. It, it's the same concept. It's it's you're tailoring your list based on what you you're thirty. You're tailoring you're tailoring your list to your opponent. Absolutely, and it actually makes for a more I think a fun a, a, a 
a funner, more fun. A funner, funner. <laughs> I, 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 speak, I speak good English. The English um, teacher in me is <laughs> wanting to throw you out of here right now. <laughs> just, just Sorry. making sure you know. Just <laughs> it, it, but that's that, one. I look at that and I, I think it's a more fun competitive game well, when they're more evenly matched. And it's so you got a game within a game here. Yes. Yeah. And it's a variety because it's not even that you're bringing two lists. I know in like on in War Machine and stuff like that. I think you can't you bring like don't you get like two lists? And when you show up to the table, you can decide um, which I list know. you want to play. I think play. it depends on the tournament. It depends on the tournament. Um, in War Machine, I know there is a game like that, and I know what you're talking about, but I don't know if it's War Machine. Um, but I know there there's. One of these other skirmish level games, or you yeah. you you come you come with two lists, and when you find out who you know yep. what what's going to happen, you get to determine which what, list you're going to play. Yeah, what's going to based on your opponent and what they're playing. Yeah, yeah. And so when you're so you've got your thirty points that you're your your thirty pool choices. pool choices that you've got. So you literally take the whole box of whatever you've got, and then as your opponent deploys and as you deploy, you choose what comes out and what doesn't. Yeah. Oh wow! And you get you get okay. your, once you get your twenty, you get your twenty out, and that's all you get. Okay. Which is just a really it's a great concept because now every game, not only am I playing, but I it, you know I it it I think it 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 helps, and I think you'll see this as you as we're, we're as you guys are playing more, and as you guys uh, have this uh, is that uh, it helps to eliminate some of the rock paper scissors. Yeah. Because I've got this backup. I know my army's a little weak here, so I've got this as the backup. If that thing shows up, you know, mm. I've got this in the back. It doesn't always show up, but when it shows up, it wrecks my game. So in case it shows yeah. up, I've got this. I don't always want it, but I've got it here in my back pocket yeah. if I need it yep. to pull it out. Um, I know the first four or five games I played with my VC, I took the same 20 points like every time. Yeah. Like I had thirty, I always used the same twenty. They were there. I never needed them because I kind of liked what I was playing with and what I was doing. Yeah, but it's good to have them there. So it's uh, it also depends. I think a part of it depends on your comfortable how comfortable you are right with your list and mm. with ch- and and with changing it up. Yeah, you know how well how good am I with this? How how you know how how well can so, I? So so if you played the same list for say the first five games what happened in game six that made you go gosh i really ought to do this instead what was the difference um partly it was because uh i realized taking that many zombies was getting to be a big pain <laughs> yeah and i wanted it, i wanted to get a little bit of a switch and um it was just i think it was just what was it, what was across the table i was like i think this will pack a little more punch i wanted to try something a little different you know it's you know i'm just playing here in the basement so who cares yeah. right yeah it was like I've got this down. I don't know if it's working exactly. I know it's not going to work against that, so I better just try, try what I got. So, yeah, in 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 the in the in the pocket. Plus, if you want to see if it works. I know what this does now. Let me see if what I've got in the backup works because I don't want to go show up somewhere with that as my backup. Be like, ah, here's my backup. Yeah, smashed. Oh, yep. that was worse than I thought. <laughs> I should have stayed with the first part. So. Yeah, better better to learn that lesson now. Yeah, be way easier. It's like, oh, that would suck. You get to a tournament, and be like, uh, right, that didn't do what I thought it was going to. Yeah, and like I said, that's the only reason I like the pool choices. I I feel that 
they've released this game with no points mm-hmm. and love that idea or hate that idea. I know if you're going to play competitively, you need some sort of Comp. Uh, some sort of way to you figure need- out if we got. If we have something close to fair, you need a system of balance. If you're going to play in a tournament and be competitive, you need a system of balance, no matter what that might be, whether it's pool choices with Clash Comp or you're using SDK. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Either way, there needs to be some sort of balance involved. No, I like I said, I just I really find that with the with the pool choices. Uh, personally, like I said, it, it opens up that area, mm-hmm. and you can you can adjust it however you want. Like I said, we just said how many you got today, and yeah. th- th- that's what we take. You know, now how does Clash Comp handle the summoning? Do they have to be part of your pool um, for well, summoning units? Uh, initially, they just didn't allow it at all, and now um, I'm not certain how it handles it. I'm honestly not. I, I'm not. Didn't doesn't it say in the rules that you can't summon more units than you started with? Did I read? Did you I hear that You can't summon wrong? more than oh, the like, starting count of the unit. Like your 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 spell singer could heal back wounds, right? But you can't you go can't, over twenty. It says you can heal back d six wounds. You couldn't heal back more than you had in the unit, right? Like you couldn't grow your unit bigger than its starting size. That's that was okay. what I was saying. Um, is that different if you're summoning things? I haven't seen anything summoned, so I don't know how it works. I think. Well, the way summoning is is like, I think the summoning rules specifically say you can't your summoned unit cannot be bigger than the base war scroll size, right? Uh, not all comps say that. Okay. Not all things say that. It depends. Okay. On, it depends on the rules. Okay. Um, because I know specifically some of the things in the Seraphon book don't say that. Yeah. So you can just summon the up king as of, big as you they're want. They're the big summoning army. That's awesome. I know I everything mean, in that army can be really summoned. Cool. Yeah, no, it's it, there's some really cool stuff in there. It's, summoning is 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 tricky. It's really tricky with the different comps and the different rules. Yeah, and you know, like I said, Clash Comp is not the only comp out there. It's not. I like the pool system from mm. Clash Comp. Um, yeah, I don't necessarily think every tournament should follow the 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 little rules packet. I like yeah. I like the pool choice packet. Um, I I like to see more variety in yes. the actual scenarios and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I actually think that some of the core basic stuff that they set up, you know, the nice the guidelines on piling in. Yeah. And the basic, you know, the errata and rule stuff. Yeah. I think that stuff's great and can become sort of a set or a standard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff could be standardized. Yeah. Um, then the scenario stuff can. Just, I'd like to see. I'd I'd love to see that vary from yeah, tournament to tournament. I don't know. You don't want it to get stale. No. Yeah. Ex- exactly. And as we were playing tonight, I don't know, Taz, if you uh, noticed anything or felt like you know how the rules were. Personally, I love AOS. I think it's a great game. I do think that there are a few tweaks that could be made yeah. to the rules to make it not so. Uh, like, for instance, and this is now granted. Well, go ahead. This is this is me, a guy who doesn't play a shooty army, talking about going up against a shooty army. I one of the things that I think in Eighth Edition that I I enjoyed was the if you're so far away, you get harder to hit. Okay, I think that's something AOS could use for you know like. Long range, long minus range yeah. minus one to your well, hit to hit. I I mean there there was also the scenario where I I had 
my general in combat, uh, my general turned around and shot out of the combat he was in at the big scary monster behind him, and then turned back around and, and continued in the combat he was in. Now he yeah. whiffed, but mm. had I hit on that, it's like, well, this is silly. And and I do feel that a that uh, the rules... Now, I know a lot of the terrain and stuff have rules that go with them, but I would like to see more of an area terrain concept for like the forests if i'm on one side of them oh meaning how you couldn't you used to be able to not shoot not through terrain see through them yeah i mean because you, you at want, that you point want the, you want something like a forest to the block forests then become to me become inconsequential the forests are not needed just put up a bunch well, of buildings and, and because it, the, the forests then don't mean he, anything. here's the other thing too is you we actually to hide we actually like didn't roll for what it, the only well, forest sure the only forest well, we had in the in game. them they improve you, but you can still be shot through them. Is what I'm saying. Well, I, I mean, mean, it's your characters just stand behind the tree. If you can't see the character, you can't shoot him. Uh, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean the trees. The trees mean something. They're yeah, literally there. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the size and the bits of your terrain. You're not yeah. moving things around to just say, "Oh, they'll just move this because it's in the it, it's in my way." Well, yeah. if it's in your way, it's in your in, damn in, way. It's in your damn right. way. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. yeah. I guess I just I felt like uh, it, there was something that could be. I mean, besides Taz's dice rolling, could have been something to. <laughs> <laughs> Be honest, your rolling was kind of not there tonight. No, even though you did do really well. I went through Sometimes. three sets of dice tonight. Even yeah. the garage hammer even dice <laughs> weren't helping you, and that's saying something. Yeah, that was pretty awful. I did too. I I tried because I started with my dice, and then you had me fish out garage hammer dice from the big bag, and, and those didn't those. do well. And I got a second handful of garage hammer dice. Those did better. For those a did bit. do finally better. They did do better for a while, yeah. I, I reached in, I fished out of the bottom of the bag. <laughs> the nice fresh cold ones. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, and I'm just glad you guys were enjoying it. Yeah. I mean, you came down and uh, in fact, I was I, at, am too. I was at I was at UGG today picking <laughs> up I the new. I spent a lot of money for nothing. <laughs> I was at UGG today when I picked up the new white dwarf and the new the new fire slayers and yep. stuff like that, and. Uh, Talking to another one of the guys there, and he's interested. Like he's like, I got all these armies, and I haven't been playing because he's like, is it really fun? I'm like, dude, it is fun. You should. So I told him that if you guys enjoyed it, maybe we have a game down at UGG so he can get a look. Oh at yeah, it. definitely. Yeah. Um, I was. Uh, I'm blanking on his name now. Dude who likes to play Batman all the time. Chris, Chris Sellers. Sellers. Yeah. Big tall guy. Yeah. yeah. Chris Sellers. Yeah. Um, Sellers and Angus O'Hara also play. He's got a bunch of armies. Um, and I was talking to my friend Brandon last night, and. He's got an entire dwarf army still on Spruce, and he just hasn't put it together because nobody's to play. And I'm like, I want this game has to take off. I want to build a better community for this in the area so we can have more people to play. Because well, I'm we getting, got three of us now, and, oh, we do. and Chris Walker said he'd come up and play with us. And you know, Alex Gonzalez, if he can get down here, he'll play. So oh that's yeah, five of us. Mm -hmm. Point being, though, we can get in touch with these guys, and if we set up a day over at UGG yeah. or something like that, we can get. And if and if the store starts filling up and people start seeing us playing and having a good yeah. time, we'll get more people there. So, but yeah, so I mean, like I said, I. I one of the reasons I wanted to have you guys come and play a game and see what's going on and have you on is because I know you haven't played in a long time. Yeah. You're, you're not carrying the eighth ed baggage that a lot of us were carrying. Because I never played. And I exactly. think that's, right. that's, I think, where where my difference is from a lot of people in the community, like a lot of the people that went to bits and stuff. I think where the difference in is, 
I would yeah, I went to bits, but I I staffed bits. I never played at bits. <laughs> I was say, we we yeah. never played at bits. At I sta- I always staffed always, bits. Yeah. I got you know, and it was one of those things where I didn't play a lot of eighth. I didn't have the attachment to eighth that I think a lot of people have had. Right, and so that's what I said. I, uh, you and were, I was, when you said you were interested in playing, like, come on in and try right. it because it's something that's different. It's something mm-hmm. that's new, and it's it's yes, it's simplified, but it's it, there's I, still strategy to yeah. it. It's still a strategic. There was so game. much going on. I mean, mm-hmm. I love that yeah. part where I was telling Taz, "Okay, look, if I were you right now, Taz, I would pull these guys out, keep them out of the combat, pull yep. them here. That yeah, Taz, you pulled out the tree, those tree kin out of that combat because they were not in the way." Moved them in, and they were. They were the perfect shield. They kept yeah. everything running. Yeah. They blocked up that whole area and kept all of your blood. Because if my, if my blood warriors had actually been able to get to push forward. They would have, yeah, they would have run roughshod. Yeah. Those guys slowed them down just enough. Yep. To make sure that she was able to set up, get things going. Yep. I think, seriously, retreating. Just being able to pull out of a combat oh, on yeah. your turn. And, and and have no penalty other than the fact that you can't attack. I mean, that's... You can't shoot. Yeah. But, okay. Right, if sure. It's not a, if it's not a unit that shoots, who cares? I can't charge or shoot. Yeah, being able to do that and then use some other unit as a screen to make yep. sure they're getting away, suddenly it's like, wow. That's huge because yeah. now you're... And plus you're saving... Points. That, yeah, well, you're saving, you're saving those cool units. choices. Right. Yeah. And, you're, and if it's a hero... You're saving the assassination. I mean, there's there's totally a, a strategy here in, you know, what what units get sacrificed and what units don't, and and where I'm, where do you put things to just get in the? I mean, it, it's kind of like playing pool, right? If you can't if you can't make a good shot, then give a bad leave. Was yeah, it, yeah. Was it after turn three that Luke pulled off the double turn? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was oh, it yeah, turn three I or f- to, I four? That was after turn three into turn life. four. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was, yeah, he stole the initiative, and that was you were getting ready. It's like okay, turn four. You'd managed to clear out enough stuff. Your your general had taken like four of the seven wounds he, yep. had, he had, and you're like, I'm going to get him out of here. And then Luke stole the initiative. Yeah, and, and he turned out. So he had his two turns in a row. Managed to get his guy in, and you should like, couldn't run away. Yeah, because oh, you because you, you leapfrogged that unit of Treekin and with went Sila, yeah. with yeah. Sila, and with and I was trying to take Sila out and could not. Actually, that was it because I was in that I was stuck in that combat with my general. Yeah. I turned my general around and I was trying to shoot Sila before you could get and to me. I and saved both of the shots. He, yeah, she took so or he took. Yeah, and there was. I didn't want to say that things a girl. It was that steel. It's not. He's a dude. It's a dude, but I always want to say looks like a girl. But it's that steel on turn four. Yeah, it was. That allowed you to move in and get that stuff done that slowed her down. That got me the assassination, literally, because it kept her there for an extra turn. So then my Korgorath came over and killed her general. If if that had not happened or Sila had died before, if I didn't have him there to leapfrog and tie her general back up, her general would have run away and I wouldn't have gotten the assassination off. But then she got the double turn from four to five. From four to five. Which allowed her, after she managed to, okay, I, I survived, I got that this. That was really bad for then me. She, I needed to have yeah, that. Then she got to go set up and move. She contested, grabbed, and yep. balanced it out. So it was kind of cool that you each grabbed a double turn. There's so much yeah. going on. And like seriously, had to move in and contest. And with the contesting of the, of the, of the bits of uh, the the um objectives. Yeah. I was I think it was I just think it was great. It was so much fun yeah. to kind of sit and watch what was going on to give Taz, you know, to help Taz walk through everything and and make sure that she understood the game 
and give her advice while sort of you know helping everyone learn it and everyone sort of get yeah. a better grasp of it. It was a great time, and I'm I'm so glad you guys liked it because now I know I got a couple more players. <laughs> yes, and I you know I I liked it since it came out. I've been a uh, AOS fan since it came out. I just hadn't been hadn't had a chance to actually play it until now, and now that I've played it. I still really like it, and I will enjoy playing it here on out. Are there a few things that I think a comp could fix or work on? Yes, but it's not going to keep me from playing the game because I like the game. And ultimately, the shooting wasn't that huge of a thing. Yes, it took out my entire unit of Blood Reavers, but after that, it really didn't matter that much. I didn't think it It really didn't matter that much to me. The shooting. It didn't seem like it, it did well, a lot. Well, most comps keep you down to a certain number of shots anyway. Yeah. And Taz was near, but not at or over that, obviously. Yeah. And, it, you know, it, it did it did what it needed to do. It did, yeah. It kept her safe. It tilted things in her favor. Um, but, but it could have easily have gone the other way. And yeah. that's, I think, ultimately, that's, I think, where AOS is with me. Every battle report I've watched, this game... Um, I watch these battle reports and, and in this game, and it look, I look at it and I go, at no point did I feel like I was at a loss in this game. And, and I think, honestly, that's one of the re- reasons why you specifically ha- really haven't played, you know, hadn't played either 40K or Fantasy that's- is you got, there were so many times when you put stuff on the table and you just turn around and it's like, okay, never mind. I, I mean, you just you have somebody wipe the floor with it's you. It's one of the reasons I left 40k. Yeah. At 5th edition is because I've had I had a couple games where I would I lose before I get anything on the table because of what I see the other person has. Right. And AOS doesn't feel like that for me. And it honestly, feels like yeah. you have you have a chance to turn this game around until the end. I mean, I had I had a blood secretor and Blood Warrior, the 15 Blood Warriors. That's all I had left. I still felt like I could win the game. You almost did. I almost did. I still felt like I could have won that game, even though she had more. Once I lost uh, my Corn Lord, though, I kind of felt it like it was a little but, I mean, skewed in her direction. You but know, ha- had you not, had you not taken out that, you know, those last couple models in in the, in those Wild Riders, you know, I the the game would have turned out really differently because I would have contested, yeah, you know, I, both that it would have been a lot, objective yeah. and the force. I would have won yeah. by a lot more. Yeah, had it gone the other way, you know, and had you and had you, you know, been able to had you taken another turn on my tree man, the uh, you know, because my tree man went out and won a point for me uh, on that on that other t- um on that well, other side of the board. Well, like, had you tied him up, that would have taken. I don't it think you're too. aware of what my corn lord could actually do to your tree man, but the fact that I whiffed on his axe attacks was huge, because you would have been at a I would have hit you, you would have been at a four plus because it's minus one rend, uh-huh. and then he does d three per 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 hit, so I hit you with two of those. I get maybe four, three, four wounds out of it. Right. If you fail, but then if I don't kill you, uh, the axe of corn has unending reality. Okay. Which means, and he, if you, if you, I don't kill you, and you take a wound, I roll on a five or six. You just get, de- you're just dead. Oh, it's kind of like the attack the tree man has, because the tree yeah, man did that like to a impaled. couple of your guys. It's like it's being similar impaled. to impale. Yeah. But this is just on a five or a six, you're gone. Yeah. No, it's, it's crazy. You get sucked into the warp. <laughs> but really, I mean, and you're talking about never being quite out of it. Honestly, it came down to that last combat because yeah. had you done one less wound, yep, she would have won. Taz would have won 18-2. 18-2, yeah. 
Yeah. But you did, you just. You, I was you, able to, to kill you stopped enough that, that you could You stopped contest. that bit of contesting, and it yep. wound up being a 12 8. Yeah. I think it would have been two wounds. I think we decided I needed a model left because I had one of the models I had out had one wound on it. Oh, okay. So, so two. Yeah, so it would have been two because I needed yeah. to have five wounds out, and I yeah. and I was left with three. So it was two wounds. Yeah. Well, the wounds on the model. Yeah. You had to have one more model. One right. more left. model. Yeah. 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 One, one more model, model out would have given two. So, yeah. I mean, just it was that crazy. One more model left in that unit that he had attacked. Yeah. And the game would have been that huge of a swing mm. because it's, he was never out of it, though. He's just like, I know if I attack right here, if I can hit here, if or I, I can, can push hit there. this, I can at least get a contention out of this and I can get a tie. And that's that was my thought process behind it is, you know, I, I knew I was I, it was like, OK, I have to do this to get my maximum amount of points. I didn't think I could win the game, but I could at least pull out enough points to you know, come away with a halfway decent score on the game. All right, so that's about it, I think. I think we're ready to wrap up. Okay. Cool. Um, but I'm glad I'm so I'm so glad. Look, our community in <laughs> here in Round Lake is growing. <laughs> we're gonna have more people playing at UGG. I don't feel so alone. <laughs> NW two is growing again. Yay. Like I said, Chris Walker listened to the last episode, he's like, dude, I'll play NW two's back, baby. I'm like, Yes. <laughs> yeah. Where does Walker live? Uh, I don't. I think he's almost an hour away. Oh, like, really? An hour south of us, I think. Yeah. Maybe a little more. Yeah. But I'm like, hey, if <laughs> once a month should yeah. have an AOS day at UGG. Exactly. Pick a Saturday and just go take the place and over. If we can't do it there. We'll do it here. I don't care. There you go. I'll get the futon out of here and move the move the chairs. Set and up get a couple. I got you, tables I can bring over. You've yeah. had two <laughs> tables in here before. I've had three tables in here before, but now we've got too damn many couches. We got to throw some of these out of here and, get, <laughs> and set up three tables again. I'm building and painting all this terrain we got to do it <laughs> all right folks so that's it uh episode 137 welcome back to warhammer is all done um we'll be back in february with more warhammer goodness for you probably i don't know we'll be reviewing something or other that's what i do so uh, fire the fire oh, slayer should we'll be, be talking then, about so. it because i'll have the book yeah you have the book, have by the then. book by yeah <laughs> I can't believe I'm gonna have two dwarf army books because we got the fire slayers and then we're gonna get the other ones in the a few dwarf. months. Loving it. <laughs> All right, thanks for coming on, you two. Yeah, thanks no for problem. having us. Anytime. Excellent. And everybody else, I'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net/forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at GarageHammer and follow Chris at TopherChrisU. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at GarageHammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through ChrisU at GarageHammer.net. And you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support GarageHammer, check the support page or the show store on our website or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>